Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Rob and Akiva need a podcast, and they need your help, and you make it onto the wheel. Rob and Akiva need a podcast, yeah, they'll buy or sell your ideas, they'll talk about it till you've gotten your fill. Every weekend, better attend, you can guess what will be coming up next. Rob and Akiva need a Yes, that's right. Rob and Akiva need a podcast. We are back. Episode number 115. Very excited for Renap X, where we are going to be hearing some TED Talk style presentations from a number of panelists here today on a very educational episode of Rob and Akiva need a podcast. And now here is a man who is fired up. And ready to go because that I'm hearing a rumor we're going to hear a presentation about the benefits of uh, Francisco Lindor on all of our lives. Here is the great Uncle Kiwi, Akiva Winokur. I just had a thought where, like, is there anybody who doesn't get like the TED Talk uh, sort of thing in the in the headline and thinks that it's like an X-rated version of Renat? Possibly. <laughs> is that possible? I mean, if it was Renat XXX, I, I think ah. so. So one X is is like totally kosher, but once you get the three X's, forget it. Yeah, then the kids got to hide their ears. I feel like that maybe when we were younger, that was more of a thing of like people mm-hmm. were hearing about like X rated. But I feel like sure. that you know just the simple you know um, what w- what would you call that? Um, just the simple addition of an X. Um, mm-hmm. I, I feel that rarely means that that is something uh, that's going to be like for adults only. I think three X's. Okay. Yeah. And what and two X's is just nothing. Yeah, the X suff was it a suffix? I guess. Yeah. It's a suffix. It's not a prefix, it's the end. Mm-hmm. XX, yeah, I don't know what if anything is XX. I guess that's like twenty. Yeah, it is twenty. Well, maybe they think it's Renap ten. Should we Roman numerals every Renap episode? No. Should I this mean, be like that would be that would be fun. So what would this be? This would be Renap uh CXV. CXV. Yeah. Maybe if something spells the, like a funny word, we could refer to it as... Yeah. Uh, we could watch Sequest CXV after this also. <laughs> yeah. All right. Akiva, how are you doing? It's only been a couple of days since we spoke because we only uh, very recently recorded our top 10 moments of 2020. Yeah, we had a lot of fun doing that. I think maybe it fell by the wayside a little bit just because like the yeah. world had a pretty crazy week. Well, we were in the midst of doing it and we were like halfway through the countdown. It's like, uh, you see this? You see what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> what's, what's this about? 
Um, I like how I like how it starts like drunk uncle asking like you you see what that thing is going on you see this um, well I think yeah I don't think that people really no, knew we what didn't to, know people what to like, expect yeah people were like well we're not gonna do this we're not gonna record this podcast I was like what are you talking about and like oh yeah we were in our own bubble you know I don't I don't have Twitter on when I'm recording I have my full attention focused on Rob mm-hmm. yeah so uh, we held it back a little bit and then uh, dropped it in midday Thursday but yeah if you missed our uh, top ten moments of 2020 countdown uh that was a fun podcast but uh we're here making the best moments of 2021 and i'm very excited for this week's podcast renap x and so akiva we have our host of renap x here uh do you want to tell us about how the the origin story of how our uh, you know our mc got involved with this yeah, I, 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 maybe she can uh, fill in the blanks a little bit, but I would say that the host of this and myself have been working on this for many months. We put out the call months ago. One of the weird things about working on episodes on the wheel is that they could be ready next week or they could be ready in, you know, 57 weeks from now, a full mm-hmm. year later. Um, and, uh, you know, so I, you're, you're always hesitant to like do too much work and then like it just sits there. But you also don't want to you don't want to go in blind. So this person really did the yeoman's or your woman's, I guess, share of the of the work. And uh, she could let us know exactly how she came to you know be on Renap for the first time. OK. All right. Uh, our Renap X first uh, and presenter. Let's see. What, what's the right title here for Kelly? No, I think everyone else is the, pr- the presenter. Yes. I think she's like the you moderator. Said the MC. I like that. Yeah. The MC. She's the moderator. The MC. Kelly White. Yeah, MCKW, that's me. MCKW, who, if you are listening to just the audio of this podcast, we are recording video here today, uh, that she is wearing a Buffalo Bills sweatshirt celebrating uh, the first Buffalo Bills uh, uh, playoff victory in the lives of many of our listeners. Yeah, Yeah. it's been a very exciting day for me. Yeah. Wow. So much going on. All right. So, Kelly, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, I mean, what do you need to know? I'm Canadian, which I mean, obviously, Mm -hmm. Um, I kind of I guess I came up with this idea just because when I was in university, I used to go to these parties called Drink, Talk, Learn, Mm -hmm. which is essentially everyone shows up with a PowerPoint and does a presentation and people can heckle, people can ask questions. And it, it sounds really boring, but it's actually super fun. And so I thought that would fit really well with Renap. Yeah, I've been a listener to Renap for since the beginning, I listened to the Seinfeld podcast as well. Oh. So that's kind of uh, how I got to be on here today. Yeah. Akiva, should we have called this Drink, Talk, Learn? Yeah, that's definitely a good name. I believe, uh, Kelly, was this your pitch, by the way? It was, yeah. Okay, yeah. I, I guess it makes sense because I didn't really know you super well before that. So it makes sense this was your pitch. Um, I, she, her original pitch was Drink, Talk, Learn, which is a good name. I didn't know how much drinking would be involved. And I, I think you actually, Rob, settled on Renapex, which is probably the best branding that that uh, it could have come up with. Mm-hmm. OK. All right. Well, I'm very excited about this idea. I've been really looking forward to this one. And I was the one who picked it. I, I won the coin toss last week and I went right to this, Kelly. So uh, no oh pressure. Gosh. I when you when I heard that, I was so freaked out. I was like, not not Renapex, not my little idea. Yeah. Well, we're here. And we have, what, five presenters here today? Yeah, so we have five presenters today. Essentially, how I broke it up is there's kind of two types of presentations. There's the more, like, informational or informative. So a good example about that would be um, I just made up a couple example presentations. And one would be, 
ghost encounters of the intimate kind, which would be, you know, I could present on people who have had intimate relations with ghosts. Mm hmm. Kind of a unique topic that you might not know a lot That's about. That's Renap XXX. Yes. Right. <laughs> now, and we don't have that one. I feel like that you're we teasing don't. the listeners. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, slide into my DMs and maybe I will do ghost encounters of the intimate kind one day for someone. I don't know. We'll see. Okay. Why are, do you have that information ready to go? Is that a drink, talk, <laughs> learn? I don't have it ready to go, but I think, you know, give me like three hours and maybe a beer and I could have it ready to go. Okay. All right. All right. Kelly coming back for a mailbag. <laughs> yeah, she did not. Uh, she did not mention that that was like uh, you know a talk she had given before. I, mm-hmm. she, you know, it was it was uh, it was, that might have made it. Who knows if it was yeah. submitted oh, anonymously? Okay. Next time, yeah. Um, Akeem, is that cheating of- if you uh, have a intimate encounter with with a ghost? Yeah, I think it is. It is. I, I think if if I told it to my wife, she'd be like, "Pack your bags, buddy." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Yeah. That's uh, we could hear about that. Yeah. These are the important questions that we're going to answer today during mm-hmm. Renapex. Yeah, I, I think that there's some, you know, uh, shaky ground there. I think that you, that, that might, you might be able to say that, uh, that it does not count. We were on a break. <laughs> the ghost. We were yeah. on the astral plane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, all right. So, um, let's see. As we, uh, what, Kelly, so why don't you tell us a little bit more as we try to uh, bring back Uncle Kiwi. Uh, why don't you tell us a, a little bit more about your selection process and how you went about uh, narrowing this down to five? Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, kind of what I said, there's two categories. So the inform- informative and then we also have like editorial pieces, which could be more of you know, how Rebecca Black's Friday defined this decade. Mm -hmm. So just kind of someone's opinion, they're arguing for something or possibly against something. Um, We got actually 69 people who filled out our form. Nice. Um, Always, always a great number when you Mm -hmm. get that many. And we kind of just both read through them, Akiva and I, and I made some notes and highlighted ones that I thought might work. He did the same. And we tried to pick um, topics that were pretty unique and a little bit, off the wall that maybe people hadn't heard of before, but also that had a very strong either focus or a very strong opinion. Because I think part of the thing that's really important with these is that you need to have a really strong opinion that either people might not have heard before or perhaps, you know, you'll be able to sway them. Yeah. Well, this is Can I read you some of of the rejected pitches? Please do. Okay. And we could get to maybe more in the middle. Um, one that came close to getting on, but didn't make it, was why Pam is the worst character in the office, outside Toby, of course. Okay. Now, were you going off of the title, or was there also sort of like a workup of like, okay, that's interesting? No, um, each person, Kelly made a really smart form, which is had had like the idea for the presentation, but also gave, you know, asked people to give a mini pitch within there. Then we each sort of took notes on the ones we liked, and, and the ones we mostly agreed on were the ones hmm. you're hearing today. Pam is the worst character in the office. Okay. Pam is the worst character in the office, yeah. Uh, that was one. Well, I famously don't like Jim and Pam, but Pam on her own, That's I feel like that is a hot take. Mm-hmm. I, I I think people have gone there before. Like when the office was on, it was a hot mm-hmm. take, but I do think people have migrated in that direction. Another pitch that did not make it was Seeds Baby, My Anaphylactic Life. <laughs> Seeds, Great baby. title. Great title, but yeah, I'm not super interested in hearing about allergies, honestly. <laughs> the political philosophy of her nap. I was a little scared about that. Oh, one. I would like to uh, hear more yeah. about that. Maybe maybe next time. Uh, two different people wanted to talk about Mario Party Four. Very specific. Mm-hmm. Almost has to be the same person. Mm-hmm. 
Um, Mary Kwiatkowski wanted a fish and plants. They are alive, but are they? <laughs> I like uh, that one, but it's a little harsh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Wait, whales this, are fish. That was Frail Mary wanted to do that one. Yeah, I, yeah, it came in late. We'd already picked ours by the time that came in. To be yeah, fair, okay, that's not bad. All right, these are great. Um, these are great. Yeah, well, they're, I, they're good. how to get on a nap. You know, I didn't. Re- that also came in at the very end, so we'd already picked. Well, it so seems like that the person, the presenter, maybe doesn't know everything that they think they know. <laughs> I guess that's that's true. There. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I step one, uh, pr- you know, fill it in right away. Not three months after we ask people for it. I also like this one. A uh, Lego is every parent's most hated toy because I did just step on a Lego. Before <laughs> so many Legos on the floor. All right. Well, then let's get into this. Let, let's hear our first presenter. Kelly, is there anything that you want to say in this introduction? Yeah, I have a little intro for each person. So I'll kind of say that and throw it to them. They should know what order we're going in as well. So. Should be about five minutes per speaker. If anyone hears a topic that they're like, wow, I absolutely hate this, then, you know, just skip ahead like five minutes. There's mm-hmm. five presentations. Mm-hmm. So our first presenter first learned of his topic while on a European trip. Amazed and intrigued by the story, Greg is here today to give us a short oral history on a bizarre tradition. Okay. All right. Here is Greg. Okay. Uh, Greg, welcome to Renap. Thanks. Okay. Uh, Greg, is there anything else you want to tell us about yourself uh, before you do this, or you want to go right into the presentation? Um, no, you know, I'm, uh, I'm a recently recent, recent uh, Renap listener. I only started listening uh, at the beginning, probably around the time the pandemic started, um, mm-hmm. and did a giant binge of the whole thing and have submitted many terrible ideas that have not gotten on the wheel. So this is going to be really fun. Okay. So again, if you want to join us for the video version, we're going to post it on the Rob Has a Podcast YouTube channel, and there are going to be some uh, visual PowerPoints uh, that you can follow along if you want to see the visual of our Renap acts. Otherwise, I do believe you should be able to follow along with just the audio. All right, Greg, why don't we let you take it away? So uh, this presentation is called Burn the Goat. So uh, Sweden is a country that is filled with many holiday traditions. And one of these holiday traditions is the Yule Bakken. Apologies to anyone who I'm going to butcher a lot of Swedish in this. Um, or Yule Goat. And the origins of the Yule Goat are not really clear, but it's been around since like the 1800s when mass characters, including a Christmas goat, would come to people's houses to deliver presents. Uh, In the modern day, the Yule goat is most often seen as a straw ornament or other decoration in Swedish households where it's hung from trees or windows as a celebration of the holiday season. So in 1966, an advertising consultant in the small college town of Yeva came up with this idea of making a gigantic Yule goat and placing it in in the town square as a tourist attraction. And on December 1st of 1966, the first Yeva goat was built and dedicated in a public ceremony, which drew thousands of people from around the area. It was 45 feet tall, 23 feet long, and it weighed three tons. And it stood tall and proud, providing a place of gathering for the people of Yeva to meet and gather, celebrate the love and joy of the Christmas season until Chris, until New Year's Day when vandals burned it to the ground. However, the city of Yeva was undeterred, and in 1968 and 1969, they rebuilt new goats that stood for the entire Christmas season. However, in 1969, once again on New Year's Eve, the goat was torched and destroyed. Um, at this point, 
I mean, since then, the goat has been built every year and almost every year since it has been burned or otherwise demolished. And at this point, the Yevla goat being burned is as much as, if not more of, a cultural touchstone than than the original Yule goat itself. The goat's demise is tracked with bated breath every year as people from around the world wonder, will it live or will it burn? So we're going to take a deep dive into this bizarre and crazy tradition and talk about some of the highlights in the history of the Yevla goat. So in 1970, no time was wasted and the goat was burned a mere six hours after it was constructed. In 1976, the Swedes got a little bored with burning the goat and instead they crushed it after running it over with a Volvo. In 1979, for the first time, the gold is actually burned before they even finish building it. The city then, in an act of rebellion against the vandals, immediately built a second goat, which was burned three weeks later. By 1985, having only survived one of the previous 15 years, the city decided to enclose the goat with a six-foot-high barbed wire fence and guard it around the clock with soldiers from the Swedish infantry. And the goat still got burned in January. In 1987, realizing that the fence and guards were still not enough, the mayor of Yevla announced that they had also coated the goat with a flame retardant that would make it completely impossible to burn. He promised that not even napalm could burn the goat this year, and it burned one week before Christmas. In 1988, British bookmakers allowed people to bet on the fate of the goat for the first time, and this tradition has continued to the present day, where online betting sites across the internet allow gamblers to bet on whether or not the goat will survive the year. And I really wish now that I had suggested that for Robin Akiva Place a Bet, because it would have been really hilarious. Of course, the goat beat the odds that year and survived for only the second time in 20 years, leaving the vast majority of the bettors with empty pockets. However, in 1989, it made up for lost time by being burned once again before construction was even completed. In response, the city held a successful public fundraising drive to build another goat, which was raised and burned two days later. In the 2000s, things start to get really weird. In 2001, a drunk American tourist from Cleveland set the goat on fire after a local at a nearby bar told him that burning the goat was a legal tradition that happens every year. He spent two weeks in in jail and was fined $14,000. However, he left the country immediately after his release, and to this day, the fine remains unpaid. In 2005, two people, one disguised as Santa Claus and one disguised as a gingerbread man, rolled up on the goat and set it on fire by shooting flaming arrows into it before fleeing into the night, never to be caught. In 2010, two men approach a security officer guarding the goat and offer him over $7,000 to allow them to bring in a helicopter and carry the goat away. The guards refuse the offer and the men run and are never found. And the goat did actually survive that year without further harm. In 2012, the goat is burned on December 12th and its arsonists post a photo of their matching tattoos commemorating the event on Instagram. The men are identified but never convicted of anything due to lack of evidence. However, out of all the ways that the goat's been burned and abused, there's one that's my very favorite. So sometime in the 90s, local officials had set up webcams for public viewing, which kept tabs on the goat and would help catch anyone attempting to vandalize it. In 2004, hackers took control of the webcam and turned it off. Five minutes later, the webcam was turned back on, the goat was in flames, and a message was added to the webcam that read, Bryn Bokyevil. 
Loosely translated, this means burn the fucking goat. This phrase has become so popular in the years since that you can buy it on T-shirts and any other kind of media that you can think of in Swedish Etsy shops. And a Swedish homebrewer even named a beer in honor of these hackers. Now, in 2016, the GOAT celebrated its 50th anniversary by being burned just hours after it was inaugurated. However, since then, something strange has happened. For the last four years, the GOAT has survived. Before this, the GOAT had barely ever survived two years in a row, much less four. Now, many people have attributed this streak to increased security and technology, but I feel like there's a deeper answer there. In the last several years, we have been literally watching the world burn around us political upheaval, racial reckoning, a global pandemic. If there's been one consistent thing about this time, it's been chaos. When the world is on fire, maybe, just maybe, a band of drunken youth roll up on the goat, lighters and gas in hand, and think to themselves, you know what? I think we've seen enough fire and chaos this year. I like to think that the goat's survival is a sign that when everything is in flames, having a beautiful symbol of Christmas is the brightest thing that anyone could ask for. That's it. Wow. Okay. Thank you, Greg. Well done. Sure. Thanks. Okay. It's hard going. One of our other guests said we should burn the wheel. Burn the wheel. No, (laughs) no, no, please. No. Okay. All right. Akiva, do you have questions for Greg? Well, I, I, it is interesting. Like, it seems like, as greg said towards the beginning burning the goat is a bigger deal than the goat's existence to begin with at this mm-hmm. point like it was cool that they built the giant it's, goat but it's not newsworthy anymore so i feel like they should allow they should allow the goat to be burned every year like if it's not burned by whenever they're gonna ta- i assume they take would you know when they take it down they usually take it down uh, right after new year's in january like the first or second week of january yeah mm. so they should burn it like if it doesn't get taken down by like january 3rd they should just have a burn it like a burning party like an effigy mm-hmm. like at the end of burning man basically <laughs> yeah yeah to me burning goat yeah a new I, festival in sweden I, I feel like that the the tolerance for let's spend the money on the goat and then just <laughs> just that people are going to burn it down instantly I, I don't even know why people even want the goat. <laughs> yeah, and who and spending, build I mean, another goat imagine and spending like it. a whole month. Imagine spending a whole month um, building this just for it to be burned in two weeks. Like, why do people still make yeah, it? It would be like if they put up the Rockefeller Christmas tree and then like every year, like the next day, people burnt it to the ground. It's like, well, we need another one. Mm-hmm. Like, stop putting it up. I- you got to think that the city is in on the joke at some point, right? Like they've got to understand that the tourism that's involved in the burning of the goat is at this point as valuable, if not more than the goat itself. Like when I like I first heard about this because I lived in Sweden for about a year and a half. And when I was moving there, one of my friends was like, oh, my God, you've got to go see this goat. It burns every year. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And so I, me and my girlfriend at the time, I lived in Stockholm and Yevla's around two, two hours north. And so we took the train up there and saw the goat and everything. And she was like, oh, my God, you saw the goat. That's amazing. And I read the, the goat has the most detailed Wikipedia page you've ever seen where every year, year by year, it details the ways in which it was destroyed. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's crazy. You got to think you got to think that they love the burning as much as they love the saving it right now. Mm-hmm. Akiva, do we have a Renap version of burn the goat? Uh, well, I don't know. Should we? What is, is there something you want to burn? I'm not a big fire guy. Do you like fire? I don't really like no, fire. No, no. I'm anti fire. 
I'm trying to think of what it would be. We'd have to like put something up and then all of a sudden it's like maybe there's like an imposter that could uh, like burn it down. Should we burn the Constitution every year as a reminder that we don't need to follow? <laughs> yeah. The RENAP, con- the RENAP Constitution. I didn't mean the American. You could burn the American one too. I don't care. But the, I mean, the is, there, is there a pitch there somewhere? Is there like a pitch there somewhere? Mm-hmm. Like, like at the end of the year, do you burn the wheel and start over every year? Or is there like a, uh, is there a spot on the wheel that's burned the wheel? And at that point, you just have to wipe everything clean and start over with fresh pitches? Boy, I hope Sounds not. like a lot of work. Should, should we burn the wheel at the end of this year, Rob? Should we no, say like, why? If it doesn't- we, put, we work hard <laughs> to put stuff on there. I know, but maybe we don't add that many things and, and, you know, like not so much gets burned. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think you guys are missing the point. We don't want to burn things anymore. Mm-hmm. We're trying to uplift. Ah, okay. That was an inspiring mm-hmm. That's right. story. That's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Rob and I are like, what can we destroy? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Uh, I mean, I will say that as somebody who has sent in a lot of pitches, if one made it on the wheel to see it burned would be kind of disappointing. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Burned uh, by a drunk Clevelander. That's yeah. right. That's right. Or a drunk guy from Omaha. I like the, the sense middle. of justice. My impression is like it, it, of of like Nordic justice is like anything short of murder. It's a max of month in jail. You know, there's no <laughs> there's no like there's no real jail time. And the jail supposedly are really nice in like Sweden and Norway. Also, I could do a month in a Norwegian jail without blinking an eye. Might be a nice vacation, honestly. Should that go on the census? Could mm-hmm. you do a month in a Norwegian jail? Was we already it, right? on the like, census? Yeah, I think that. Was, I think we had some sort of blue collar, white collar jail question. Yeah, maybe we could find out more about Norwegian jail at some point. Also, from our mm-hmm. listeners, next right. Renap XX, we'll have that. Okay, maybe you could watch Scum. Maybe there's something in there about it. I bet people go to jail there. Mm-hmm. All you right. Never know. Well, Greg, thank you so much. Uh, this was fantastic. Great. Thank you. Great to get the ball rolling. All right, Kelly, who's next? Yes. So our next presenter is a fellow Canadian millennial. Goldie's here to tell you why cartoons aren't just for kids anymore. Okay. This is not Renap triple triple X content, I promise. Okay. All right. Goldie. Goldie, (laughs) how are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Okay. Goldie, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, yeah, I guess I live in Toronto, but I'm from Vancouver. I don't remember filling out this form for this podcast, so sorry. So could, there could be some sort of a mistake. Uh, yeah, maybe. I mean, do you maybe. listen to this podcast? I do listen to this podcast. Okay. I- okay. I, I, I think I have the answer because Goldie did fill out the form a long time ago. Um, we Goldie filled out a form that was about, I think, Canadian infomercials. Um, but we we covered it in Canadian shows are trash. So I said, this was like a really interesting sounding pitch. Uh, you sound like an interesting person. Uh, give us something else. And then Kelly and Goldie worked on finding something. Yes, else. I came up with a list of 20 ideas and then Kelly picked one. OK. All right. Well, out. Goldie, please uh, take it away. OK. So my presentation is about adult cartoons, but it's actually mostly about Daria. <laughs> Okay. So Daria started out on a different show, Beavis and Butthead, which is a trash show that sucks. (laughs) It's just gross boys making weird noises. Who cares? According to Vulture, in an interview I just read, the president of MTV at the time demanded that Beavis and Butthead needed to have at least one intelligent female character that wasn't a villain, a sex object, or a buzzkill. Thus, Daria, the character, was born. The character turned out to be somewhat popular. So the president of MTV ordered a spinoff. 
The show originally came out in 1997 and ran till 2002 for now, which will come up later. There were five seasons and two TV movies. The show follows the story of Daria Morgendorfer, who moves uh, to a new city with her family at the beginning of the school year. She's a misanthropic team with a popular, upbeat younger sister named Quinn, who tells everybody at their school that Daria is her cousin or maid or exchange student or all pair for like most of the series. They have a mother who's a lawyer named Helen and a father who has hardcore daddy issues named Jake. In the first episode, Daria meets her best friend, Jane, who's an artist with like a turbulent home life. Other characters on the show include Jody, who's a high achieving student who feels pressure from her family to succeed. And her uh, boyfriend, Mac, who's a slightly less high achieving football player. Kevin, the quarterback on the show, is probably the dumbest character I've ever seen on television. His girlfriend, Brittany, is a little bit less stupid, but has more going on, basically. These all sound like typical teen sitcom characters, but basically every character is better than they seem at first glance. For example, Quinn, Daria's sister, seems like the average popular character on a show, but it pretty quickly becomes clear. She questions her existence and what she's doing basically all the time. Same. (laughs) Even side characters on the show, like the teachers or Brittany and Kevin, are pretty dimensional. Also, the music is great. The style is great. The theme song should have been in the theme song bracket. How does the theme song go? It's like, da 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 da. Like, right, right? There's no words. You're standing on my neck, I believe. Oh, yeah. The lyric. Yeah. <laughs> so, part of the reason Daria is so particularly good is because it does deal with high school issues like grades and love triangles. That's not the only thing it deals with. It has episodes of things like grief and censorship and addiction and body image and we- eating weird berries and aliens and communists and stuff like that. It was like one of the first women-focused cartoons out there. Um, I assume. I didn't actually look it up. <laughs> and for me, that to this day. It does tackle pretty deep issues, especially for a cartoon show. And it passes the best chill test with like flying colors. It's not perfect. It's a 90s television show. No show is perfect. It's pretty white. It's pretty straight. Representation is lacking. There's a very problematic queer storyline in the first TV movie, which I think could be good if they like made a few tweaks. It's really upsetting. But there's like a lot of really good things about the show. The characters evolve. People get significant development. It's a good show. Also, there's a musical episode, which is really weird. <laughs> This is Renap, so we're talking about season three, episode seven. Mm. <laughs> it's called It Happened One Nut. Whoa. The synopsis of the show is Daria's parents force her to get a job, and her father finds her one at the peanut stand at the mall. Much to her chagrin, her only co-worker is Kevin, the idiot football player. Daria is great at customer service, but the job makes her smell like nuts and requires her to smile, or else the customers won't have to pay her for her nuts. And she'll have the price doc from her paycheck. Also, Quinn has to get a job at the pet store. It's a show that's not too... It's a good episode. It's not too beloved. It's only a half hour. And I feel like it's safe for kids, but I don't know any kids. So you shouldn't believe me. Yeah, I don't know any kids. (laughs) I don't know any. Daria is a great example of how adult cartoons perfect the comedic forms. Because dark dark comedies are especially popular in this 
day and age. So, you know, Daria is prescient basically because it was a 90s show. You can break boundaries in cartoons that you really can't on non-cartoon TV and plus they're COVID safe. The cartoon format helps us relate to these images more quickly because of the nostalgia for childhood because everybody grows up watching cartoons. And cartoons like Daria can include surrealist elements like the musical episode or there's an episode with physical manifestations of holidays, which is weird. Mm -hmm. But it can include these things without jumping the shark or like breaking the fourth wall, unlike live action shows like Grey's Anatomy, which, ew. Daria also has really great one-liners, which... I have clips of in a sec and really funny moments. Like there's an episode where Quinn makes Daria take her to a plastic surgeon called consultation. And the surgeon gives Daria practice boobs. <laughs> it's really great. Mm-hmm. There's also things like ongoing runners. Like uh, one of the teachers just goes on anti-man rants for like every single, all the time. It's great. And Daria's father, Jake is obsessed with things like stew and squirrels just for episodes of time. It's wonderful. I have clips, but I don't know if this is going to work. Okay. Yeah, we don't hear the audio. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. Here, oh, well. uh, tell us what they're saying. Yes. Here's Daria with her friend. Yes. So, these guys are hitting her on her at the party. And they said where did you guys come from? And she says, we were born in this room. We grew up in this room and we thought we would die here alone. But now you've arrived and our lives can truly begin. Good. Good one, Daria. Daria is asked what her life goal is. She responds. My goal is not to wake up at 40 with the bitter realization that I've wasted my life on a job. I hated because I was forced to decide on a career in my teens. Too real. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't really know why this came up, but there's several planned spinoffs of Daria. Now, um, what I'm excited about, excited about, and it's the one with the most information about it, is focused on the character of Jody. It's going to star and it's executive produced by Tracy Ellis Ross, which is really cool. Mm -hmm. Uh, Daria is a specifically good show because it was one of the first shows where there's a woman character who wasn't either popular or trying to be popular, especially when it's like teenagers. That's the common trope and it's really annoying. Mm -hmm. It is also a show that made way more space for like women centered TV shows with multidimensional and diverse characters who weren't just like hot or evil. It appears to be on CBS all access. I don't know, but I think the music is missing. Mm Mm-hmm. And there's other amazing adult cartoons, too, like Futurama, Undone, Bojack, Horseman, Archer, Rick and Morty, Big Mouth, which I don't like, but my friend asked me to include. The end. Okay. Goldie, uh, for some sort of a Daria uh, updated you know, spinoff series or, or reboot, would you like to see a modern version of the original Daria, or do you want to see Daria as an adult? I would like both, but I think it would better probably be better to be a remake of the original version because I think there's more. My personal theory is that everybody on the show should have been lesbians, so like they should just redo it like that. Is there a person who's like very Daria-ish who should who should voice her? 
I think the original actress is probably still around, but mm-hmm. uh, what's her name? Aubrey Plaza from the office, uh, not the office, Parks, Parks and Recreation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She did a parody video with uh, Funny or Die a couple years ago. So probably her. Mm-hmm. Aubrey Plaza is probably the most Daria-ish sort of actress out there, uh, Brian. Uh, no, she doesn't have glasses. That's true. Did you watch Daria, Rob? I was not a loyal fan, but I do remember it being on. I think I. it's funny because it, it, it has sort of fallen by the wayside, but I definitely watched it a lot while it was on. Well, were you a Beavis and Butthead guy? I and mean, it's a spinoff of Beavis and Butthead. We haven't really talked about Beavis <sighs> and Butthead. You know what? Uh, I, I feel like that I, I certainly was caught up in the craze, but I was not like a, you know, uh, a, uh, you know, die in the wool Beavis and Butthead guy. Yeah. Are there like Beavis and Butthead stands out there? I don't think it, everything. I don't think it aged w- w- well. Like <laughs> I don't think like the audience, you know, uh, held to it. Like it's definitely not something that's like beloved. Beavis and Butthead, right? But it was so popular when it was on. Like it definitely had a, a big moment. It was so popular because it was like, hey, this show is bad. You can't watch it. You know, I think that there was a little bit of like moths to a flame. Awesome. Bad, like parents were saying it's bad. You mean not like it's bad content. Right, you were. People said it was dangerous. Mm -hmm. Wasn't it basically like an ad for other stuff on MTV too? They just showed other clips of other shows. No, it would be like they they would watch music videos. So I mean, that was sort of like the uh, draw of it being on MTV. It would be like uh, there would be like a story, and the story would be like ten or twelve minutes, and then they would be like they would watch like whole music videos, sort of like mystery science theater, and sit in front of like uh, talking about like uh, hey. But that guy's hair is cool. Should we do a whole episode as Beavis and Butthead, Rob? No, I don't think so. No, probably not necessary. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, Goldie, did Beavis and Butthead ever appear on Daria? No, not that I could tell when I rewatched it all this week. Mm-hmm. I do. Maybe think th- it would be interesting to see. I don't know how old they were. So they were what, like uh, 16, 17 in what, like 1994? Mm-hmm. So, if we caught up with them now, where are all those characters? The capital. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. Uh, perhaps. Yeah, perhaps. that. Uh, who knows? I, I think it'd be interesting to check in on an update. Um, well, Beavis and Butthead, I, 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 I think it was sort of rebooted, right? But they're always the same age. They're always, yeah, they're always the same age. Yeah, Daria is... Um, Daria seem, seem, was like sort of too early. Like now I feel like it would fit better. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe Netflix. Re- yeah, it is ahead of its time. Maybe Netflix would reboot it. Okay. It's getting rebooted, I think. Mm-hmm. Hopefully. Now is the time to jump in and watch Daria. <laughs> All right. Keep anything else for Goldie? Not much. So Goldie's pitching season three, episode seven of Daria. I wonder if there's like, should we watch Beavis and Butthead and Daria? Season three, episode seven. Well, maybe let's check out what season three, episode seven of uh, Beavis and Butthead is. Okay. Right, we get back to that in the mailbag, but that's just an idea. Mm-hmm. I know that's not exactly what you pitch, but I, I do think like Daria, while fun, maybe doesn't have, doesn't like move the needle as a, as a standalone, but it is a good idea. Mm-hmm. No, I feel like this was better than a season three, episode seven. No, this was better. Yeah. No, I know more about the show now than if we just watch one episode. Yeah. That is sometimes with the season three, episode seven, if we don't know a like, show well. Yeah, we like got everything week. we needed to know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, you explained it all. You're like Clarissa. <laughs> Another show that maybe should we put that in the fishbowl? <laughs> I mean, 
Sure, but if you do Clarissa, you have to do Sabrina the Teenage Witch. It's true. Then mm. you got to package those together. Yeah, we are trying mm. to get through all of TGIF eventually. So, okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm a little afraid of witches, though. Are you really? <laughs> not real. I mean, you're a witch on the you know on the show, famously. Mm-hmm. So, not afraid of you, but uh, I don't know. We, I, too spooky for me. I think Sabrina the Teenage Witch. <laughs> The talking cat, you don't, you're the not talking cat is really what gets like, I don't mind that she's a teenage witch. The talking cat really takes me out of my element. That's I don't scary. like when it like files its nails. Ooh, the cat, yeah, right? That's Doesn't gross. it do that? Yeah, I don't want anyone filing their nails in front of me. I agree. Yeah, okay, Salem the cat. All right, Goldie, thank you so much. Anytime, Thanks. all right, all right, Kelly, uh, what do you have next for us? So, completely switching gears. Morgan from Australia is coming to us live from tomorrow. Okay. Um, and she has a mysterious tale that is going to end with a dark punchline. Ooh. Hi, Morgan. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Okay. Uh, Morgan, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, so I'm a, I came here via Survivor, massive Survivor fan, um, patron for quite a while and listener God bless um, you. Uh, yes. Robin um, and yeah so I found myself here by filling in a form it felt like a year ago mm-hmm. yeah um, yeah so I'm going to tell you a little bit of Australian history today right with a twist um, so I want to talk about the 17th Prime Minister of Australia um, who was Harold Holt um, and Harold Holt was sworn in in January of 1966, following the retirement of um, Robert Menzies, who was elected. Um, so he was only really in power for a year. Um, not, not a very interesting political figure um, until the end. Um, on, January, on November 26, 1966, he won his first and only election. Um, so... In, in quite a landslide of a victory, um, not very inspiring, but he was the best of the bad bunch apparently at the time. He cultivated a close relationship with the United States and he was the first person to utter the phrase all the way with LBJ. In December 1967, he was staying at his holiday home in Portsea when Harold Holt and four others went to the beach at Cheviot Beach. He and his friend Alan went to the water but only Alan was to return. Harold Holt disappeared while swimming on that day in December. And as Marjorie Gillespie once said, it was like a leaf being taken out, so quick and so final. Holt's disappearance sparked one of the largest search operations in Australian history. A coronial inquest in 2005 returned a verdict of accidental drowning, only taking 38 years to get to that point is very Australian. On 22nd of December, a memorial service was held at St Paul's Cathedral in Melbourne. Harold Holt is commemorated by the Harold Holt Swimming Centre in the suburb of Glen Iris. The complex was under construction at the time and since he was the local member, it was named in his honour. The irony of naming a pool after somebody who drowned is one of my favourite things about being Australian. Wow. Yeah. Rob, did you know the Harold Holt story at all? I, I did not. Did you? I had. I, I do remember hearing that Australia had a prime minister that drowned 
and that the main way they commemorated him is uh, naming a swimming pool after him. But that's about it. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, that that is wild. Uh, Morgan, does anybody suspect foul play? Um, so there was foul play suspected initially, but given there were so many witnesses on the beach that saw him enter and then saw him disappear, um, there were conspiracy theories that involved the CIA and involved the, involved the Chinese. And maybe that's why the coronial inquest did take 38 years, mm-hmm. um, but uh, they were found to be to have no substance. Yeah. Keith, what do you think about uh, all the way with LBJ? Yeah, I didn't know he invented that. That's I guess it's his claim to fame. Um, I do, like I imagine if just like uh, if the president of the United States just like floated away and he was drowning. First of all, nobody would believe it. Right. Everyone would think it was a conspiracy, mm-hmm. um, no matter who it was, I think. But it is such a believable way, like ultimately for for somebody to go. Right. Like the, like he's on the beach. People don't see it. It's hard to imagine. Like, what's the foul play? Like somebody you grabbed his leg from the ocean floor and dragged him out to sea. Like, it's pretty hard to really. Um, you know, pull some shenanigans there. It's just like, drowning is like the lamest way to die in <laughs> in a certain way. It's like I don't mean that, like I, I'm not making fun. I like just like it. It is definitely like one of the ways that scares me the most in terms of dying. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it's pretty. It's pretty spooky. What can you know. rank the lamest ways to die? I, lame is probably the wrong word, but like <laughs> if you have a heart attack, like what are you going to do? Like you, you know what I mean? I mean maybe you could have eaten healthier, but like it, it seems out of your control. Drowning seems so preventable do you know what i mean like it, what's it the just preventable seems, like don't go in the water i guess like i'm sure almost every drowning uh occurrence was like if i hadn't done x or y very simple thing mm-hmm. um uh, goldie says choking on soup would be the lamest way to die <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah uh morgan is there any sort of like uh, australian version of like the secret service um there might be, maybe it's that secret that we don't even know. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there were many stories about that perhaps Harold Holt was um, not spending all of his time with his wife. Mm. And oh, so the service uh, that was to was protect he with a ghost? Harold Holt. Yeah, he was perhaps um, <laughs> spending time with others. And so that protective service was asked to take a back seat on that specific weekend. So you mm. think that he might- a way to get busted also. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Rather rather cheat on a ghost. I agree. So, mm-hmm. He might have been stepping out on Mrs. Holt during that time that he drowned. <laughs> uh, Mrs. Holt wasn't in the state at that time and wasn't enjoying their holiday house that weekend. Whereas perhaps Marjorie could tell us a little more about where Harold had been. Oh. This is very spicy. The plot thickens. Mm-hmm. And, 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 just left seeds. Just sprinkled some seeds, seeds in there. Baby, yeah. Um and, and who was the person that said he got taken out like a leaf? Marjorie Gillespie. Okay, and that was his, uh, his uh, girlfriend? Oh, God, he was very keen on watching him in the ocean. Hmm. Hmm. I just kind of assumed everyone in Australia knew how to swim. I mean, I think yeah, he, maybe, that's know how to swim? maybe this is where that came from. Hmm. At the Harold's Morgan, did he, he didn't know how to swim center. at all, or was no, he no? Like, he absolutely knew how to swim. He was he, okay. he, he knew how to swim. He had been to this beach more Could times. Like a than, crocodile have taken him or something? Um, no, there's no crocodiles there. <laughs> this is more of a Florida yeah. thing. Yeah, there is saltwater thing here. Yeah, what about sharks? A shark could have taken him, but it was in the bay. Um, not really shark waters. Real. Hmm. He, he just drowned. Would you rather get eaten by a shark or drown, Rob? 
The shark is quicker, you think? Oh, the shark sounds terrible, though, honestly. Mm-hmm. I'd rather be a shark, I think. Wait, you I don't know shark. if that's an option. We yeah. wore a shark a few weeks ago. It didn't really work out for us. Mm, yeah. I think I'd... I, they both sound bad, honestly. Yeah. Shark would be newsworthy. That is true. Um, <laughs> did they ever find the body? Never. They ne- so it was the largest search in Australian history. They never found the body. Mm. Um, did they check they- all the shark's mouths? <laughs> I'm not sure if they checked there, but it wasn't. It was an extensive search, but I'm not sure it went that deep. Mm. Yeah, I, I feel this happened so long ago. It's just depressing because I feel like we're never going to get the answer up. Yeah, uh, this is wild. Why did it take 38 years to ultimately we're make slow and we don't take things very seriously? Mm-hmm. But what made them get around to it in 2005, where they're like, "This is the year, everybody." Uh, somebody <laughs> was like, like "You know what? We haven't done yet. We haven't looked into the prime minister's death." Yeah. Now is it. Okay. Uh, Wild. Well, Morgan, thank you for sharing all this with us. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Okay. All right. Morgan, thank you so much. All right. Kelly, what's next? Switching gears again, our next presenter has been developing a completely original theory that will change your view of animals forever. So take it away, Dr. Amanda. Okay. Dr. Amanda, how are you? I'm well. I'm so honored to be here at the very first RENAPX conference. I've attended some digital conferences uh, during uh, the pandemic, and uh, this is one of the better run, more interesting ones that I've been to. <laughs> can, you, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, Dr. Amanda? <laughs> well, I'll, I'll jump. I'll jump into my to my presentation. I guess right. That's, yes, um, please. I do have mm-hmm. a wait, Amanda. Is this this isn't your fifth time on the show? Is it? Do I have to no, no. That? This is the, my fourth time. Oh, okay, fine. Yeah, okay. you're yeah, right. We gotta save up. <laughs> okay, uh-huh. for a fifth time. So Dr. Amanda Rabinowitz is sharing the screen and has yeah. a presentation. Okay. So I'm going to be presenting a talk today about my original theory, the size versus intelligence theory of how gross an animal is. Okay. Uh, First, I wanted to set up my credentials um, a little bit as we get into this topic. Um, As uh, listeners might know, I have a PhD in clinical psychology with a specialization in neuropsychology. I've written or co-authored over 50 peer-reviewed articles that are published in the scientific literature, mostly on brain injury. I do not have any specific expertise in the science of grossness, Mm -hmm. um, but I have been developing and honing this theory for many years now, um, mostly by yelling at people at parties. Mm -hmm. So what makes an animal gross? Now, Webster's Dictionary defines gross as rude or offensive uh, language, vulgar or coarse. Um, There's also an informal definition of gross, which is very disgusting. So let's talk a little bit about disgust. Um, Disgust emerges as one of the primary human emotions around five years of age during the course of child development. Um, It's believed to protect us from ingesting harmful substances. Um, The revulsion towards animals that we classify as gross or disgusting um, has to do with the belief that they're dirty and could infect or spoil food that we eat or carry disease. But does that tell the whole story? There are some troubling unanswered questions in the in the uh, field of animal grossness that have gone unaddressed so far that I believe that my theory fills those gaps. What ah. about size? 
So I think we would all agree that teeny tiny cockroaches that are about the size of a penny in this picture here, for those who can view my slide, that that's gross. But that is not nearly as gross as a big giant cockroach that can fill the entire Okay, Madagascar hissing cockroach. That's much grosser. Yes. Also, why is this super small monkey so gross? Here I have, um, for those... For anybody who's viewing my slides, I have a picture here of the, um, this is a picture of a pygmy marmoset, which is a very small monkey with a very, very creepy face. Um, And this is a very gross animal. So this is uh, where the size versus intelligence theory um, comes in to explain uh, these previously unanswered questions. What my theory posits is that there is an optimal ratio of animal body size to intelligence. Animals who are right at the, who fall along this line. So here I have a graph depicting um, intelligence on the y-axis and body size on the x-axis. You can draw a straight line that I'm calling the optimization line and animals who fall exactly on that line are not gross at all. An animal could be too dumb for its size um, and therefore um, would be uh, would fall below the optimization line. We can calculate that distance, and that is called the grossness residual, and that tells you how gross an animal is. An animal can also be gross by being too smart for its size. And of course, animals that are way too smart or way too dumb for their size would be very, very gross. So how does this work out with some animal species that we're all very familiar with? Mm -hmm. Here I have mapped a number of animals to show, I think, um, very compelling evidence of why this theory is so powerful. So um, I'll talk this through for people who are listening to the audio podcast. Um, Animals that fall on that optimization line um, are things like appropriately sized insects, like a ladybug not very gross. Um, a mouse is not very, as not nearly as gross as the rodents that are too big for their intelligence, like rats. And here I have a picture of a nutria, which is a very, very large, very disgusting water dwelling rodent that I think we would all agree is much, much grosser than a small mouse. Um, our beloved uh, companion animals like cats and dogs fall very nicely on the optimization line. Uh, Take a raccoon, for example, about the size of a large cat, but way too smart for its size. And that's why it is a little bit gross. Um, Here I have humans, of course, fall exactly on the optimization line. And I have um, Robin Akiva pictured here as two excellent examples of the species. Um, This uh, all the way on the right side of my graph is a colossal squid, which can weigh uh, nearly a ton and is extremely gross. So um, that's really the outline of the theory. Uh, And I think I will conclude this talk with something that some might consider a bit of a hot take. um, But this was actually the genesis of the uh, the body size by intelligence theory of grossness. Um, This is an animal that you didn't know was gross, but is actually gross. Um, And I think I can convince some people today. Bunnies. Oh. Bunnies are too big 
for their intelligence. Um, a bunny is, I think, a first glance we see a fuzzy bunny with a puffy little tail. People might think it's cute, but this is really just an oversized rat with floppy ears. Um, look in those eyes. There's really no intelligence registering there. They're not as cute as you think they are. They're yeah. actually gross. Um, and this is a giant bunny. It is very big. Yeah. Way this is a big. Donnie Darko take. <laughs> I am a fan of Donnie Darko. Um, I think that that fits. I think that 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 there's a reason that the bunny was chosen in that film to strike horror in the um, in 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 the uh, protagonist. So um, with that, I conclude my talk. And um, if there's any questions, I would be happy to address them. Yeah, Amanda, I love your thesis here in terms of uh, size versus uh, intelligence for determining how gross uh, the animals are. But I feel like that there is no account for how slimy an animal is in your mm. theory. Uh, is there any room for any any other characteristics? That's that's a really good point, Rob. There are some other aspects of grossness that um, might not have been incorporated. I think any amount of slime is probably too much slime. Mm -hmm. I think like slime in general um, will definitely up the grossness quotient. Um, so I can I can go back to the drawing board and work that in. Maybe I can go back to this um, this this um, this this. Uh, this model that I have here, obviously, all of these values can be calculated. I've done all of the work here. I can just add in a little um, slime quotient mm -hmm. um, into into the formula, and you can um, adjust the grossness uh, the grossness residual values. Yeah, I'm trying to look at other gross animals. Like, what about a tarantula? Is that 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 is a somewhat limited intelligence, but large body size? But that's yeah, fit in it's there. Gross, it's grosser than a spider, right? Right. Yeah. Inappropriately sized, I think. Inappropriately <laughs> it's an, sized. It's an inappropriately yeah. sized arachnid. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Very. Very interesting. Um. Yeah, I feel like large reptiles. Yeah, I think they're just like a uh, very off on the on the size basis. Yeah, the thing that really like clicked into place that really made this theory come alive is actually this pygmy marmoset. I saw one of these at the zoo, and um, mm -hmm. this is just really upsetting to me. Yeah, <laughs> like like this looks like looks like you don't want a little smart monkey that's the size of your thumb there's something very unnerving about that i think i don't like its little hands and feet i think that makes like the fact that it has fingernails i don't know why that bothers me but it really does mm -hmm. yeah it knows it has fingernails and it knows how to use them yeah because it's a smart little bugger now amanda would you say that the uh baby yoda mm -hmm. aka grogu uh would you classify him as gross Ooh, it's a good question um so that, I think, Rob, is an area that requires further study. Does this extrapolate to, um, you know, to imaginary creatures? Like, yeah. can, we, can, we say, can we take this into, like, the fantasy realm and talk about Wookiees and Ewoks and um, Grogu? Um, I think that that's an area where I would need to do more work. Because I feel like that while he's very small, I do think that, uh, I mean, he has somewhat limited intelligence that, that he doesn't like always, you know, speak. He's he is a child, uh, but he huh. does have a lot of powers. Maybe the powers are what makes him kind of creepy. 
Yeah. Yeah. I think we also don't know if he's slimy, right? He could be. <laughs> could be. I think that adding this whole slime dimension could um could really solve a lot of our, our, our unresolved issues. Yeah. Maybe it should be like a flow chart. Like, is there slime? Yes, it's gross. <laughs> if not, then we go to the size versus intelligence theory. Yeah, I think that's good. Like job of the hut. Very, very gross. Ooh. Very gross, definitely. Very very slimy. Probably too too big for his intelligence level too maybe <laughs> yeah yeah that he's one of the rare species that checks out on both counts <laughs> who's grosser jabba the hut or pizza the hut boy uh the pizza the hut is edible <laughs> so i feel like that he's less gross than jabba mm. the hut i know the cheese looks pretty slimy mm-hmm. yeah okay um Let's see. Uh, I think it's, we've um, lost I, Uncle Kiwi at, at at some point also during your presentation. Oh, that's too bad. I think I think he could have really gotten a lot out of it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, but I'm sure that uh, he would agree. Uh, job well done, Amanda. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, a- anything else that you want to add? Uh, about size uh, versus intelligence theory of grossness. I think I've said it all. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, incredible job, Amanda. Thank you. And Kelly, who's our uh, fifth and final panelist here today? All right. So our final presenter for today has a master's degree in film and television and is a college professor in film and TV screenwriting and production. They also have the record for the most ideas put on the Renap wheel. It's Shut Up Tim. Hey! Hey! Oh! Okay, shut up. Tim is in full uh, Shrek. Shrek, uh, uh, Shrek up, Tim. I I didn't know you had a master's degree. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm. A, I teach. A, I teach a, at a community college in California. So I'm. I'm like Shrek and like onions. I have layers, Rob. Okay. All right. Um, Tim, I shudder to ask what What are you going to be talking about here today? Well, I'm talking about the most important topic of all time. Uh, in fact, let's just get into my presentation because I think everyone here will learn. And actually, I was hoping before we get, got into this, Dr. Amanda, if you're still there, uh, am, how, how gross am I? Um, well, I, actually, I'm glad that this came up. I do want to caution you. We, you shouldn't apply this theory um, to uh, to human, the human species. I mm-hmm. think that everybody like we are all like on the same optimize. We all fall exactly on the optimization line. This does not explain variations in human grossness. Can we apply it to ogres? <laughs> I'll leave that one to my esteemed colleague Shrek up Tim. I think ogres are misunderstood. Um and in fact, let's get into this. Let me share my screen. Uh let's see. PowerPoint there. Yeah. All right. Bless you. <laughs> um all right. Shrek 2 is the greatest film ever, period. Uh this is an That's undeniable like Shrek 2 fact. is the greatest film ever exclamation point. No, it's this period after that, mm-hmm. Rob. Um, hey, did you guys hear the audio that played? Um, no. no. Okay, Rob, I sent you an email. Can you uh, just download that and play that anytime you want during the presentation? Okay. Uh, I got I got someone to submit me some appropriate audio for this uh, presentation. Okay, I'll just keep go. going. Uh, I have to say, Shrek Kelly, two, baby. There you go. <laughs> what, what, what does it say? 
Shrek 2, Shrek- baby. <laughs> Shrek 2, baby. Yes. Is that yeah. Jordan Kalish? Yeah. Thank you, Jordan Kalish, uh, okay. who uh, uh, agrees with me wholeheartedly. Um, uh, and I have to say, uh, I, 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 did all of the panelists have to do their presentation with Kelly before this? Uh, yesterday, Kelly specifically asked to meet with me and then asked me to cut my presentation down by one fourth. So mm. uh, uh, I had a 20 minute presentation. I removed about 65 slides, um, but uh, let's just get into it. OK, they were very compelling. Yeah, she just said it took too long. Oh. OK. Oh, wait. OK. Number one, is this a trick? And this was more for Akiva. I feel like he allowed me to be on this episode to try to get my idea, which is in the wheel waiting room. Uh, Rob and Akiva are Shrek experts. Uh, of course, uh, Mike Bloom helped get that in the wheel waiting room. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it will get on the wheel in this uh, mailbag. Um, Does this involve well, Sonic the Hedgehog? Uh, uh, this has... Uh, I am a Shrek purist, Rob. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, uh, I, it's not canonical. I, I only, uh, live in the main Shrek averse. I don't want any of this fan fiction and this, uh, no triple X anything. So no Sonic, okay. uh, no pregnant Shreks. I am anti pregnant Shrek. That's uh, the Renap X triple X after dark. Yeah, absolutely. We'll Someone else can do that. I, I, the only kids I love are Farkle, Fergus, and uh, Felicia. Of course, those are Shrek and Fiona's three kids canonically. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Uh, so, Keeve, you can't get rid of my idea out of the wheel waiting room because I did this presentation. There's way more uh, to Sh- the Shrek averse than what I'm even going to cover. All right. And like that, like I said, uh, uh, ogres are, are like onions. They have layers, and so are films. Uh, and there's many layers, and I'm going to tell you why Shrek 2 is the best film of all time. Okay, we have to start with Shrek 1, of course, uh, which started the craze in 2001. Uh, everybody knows uh, the voice cast, Mike Myers, Eddie Murphy, and Cameron Diaz. Uh, it ended up uh, doing uh, uh, four... Uh, 484 million at the box offices uh you know box office success not necessarily is a good metric for quality um it did win the first ever oscar for animated film it beat uh monsters inc that year uh and uh, another green god uh there in monsters inc of course uh mike wiskowski um uh voiced by billy crystal is great uh smash mouth all-star is on this first uh movie's uh soundtrack and uh most notably recently uh, added to the National Archive uh, was Shrek. That's how popular it is. Now, um, I think that it got added to the uh, uh, archive because they wanted to add Shrek 2, but they felt like they had to put the first one in because Shrek 2 is the superior film. In fact, let's get to Shrek 2. Uh, Shrek 2, of course, uh, out of the main Shrek canon, there's five films in the main Shrek canon. Uh, everybody knows that the correct order up from best to worst goes 2, 1, uh, 4, Pib, and then uh, 3. That's the correct Pib Shrek is order. Puss in Boots. Yeah, of course. Duh, obviously. Excuse me one more time. Two, 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 one, pib, four. No, no, no. Two, one, four, pib, three. Four is quietly underrated. <sighs> and uh, pib is overrated AF uh, because, number one, not enough Shrek in, in pib at all. Uh, is it even rated? Pib? Uh, uh, according to Rotten Tomatoes, Pib has the highest Rotten Tomatoes uh, rating, but but uh, 
Film uh, critics don't know anything, so this is why I'm here to tell you. Okay. Shrek 2, of course. Uh, we get Pib added to uh, Shrek 2, which is a major, it makes this uh, trio a quartet, and it's the perfect quartet. It's better than any other uh, film quartet uh, there. Of course, Antonio Banderas voices uh, Puss in Boots. Also notable, uh, uh, I just have to say this, uh, uh, Antonio Banderas went on to voice another animated character, the Nasonex B, um, which uh, is, is, of course, notable. And very gross. Yeah. Yeah. Very gross. Not as gross as the mucinex uh, mucus molecule. (laughs) Yeah. That guy is very gross, especially uh, his original voice actor. Oh, okay. Um, uh, $919 million at the box office. It it didn't win the Oscar that year. It got beat by the Incredibles, but it did win the animation of the uh, animation of the year award at the Hollywood film awards notable uh it has a bop you know the first one had smash mouth all-stars i'm gonna tell you that the counting crows accidentally in love is the superior song out of those two especially considering uh Sm- the smash mouth controversy from earlier this year mm-hmm. um uh and it's the best film of all time <laughs> of course puss in boots pib himself joined the cast uh who doesn't love cats uh, of course, uh, Puss in Boots came in and is a very good foil. It actually helped build. He has a foil. Go- <laughs> yes, he does. Uh, he actually uh, helped um, make the the duo of, of Donkey and Shrek even closer together and help refine their their uh, their relationship. So uh, Puss in- if Puss in Boots wasn't there, uh, uh we would have just a stagnant story of Donkey and Shrek. It would just be Donkey's annoying to Shrek. Uh, and I have to say, the main problem with three and four is they really go way too in on Puss in Boots and Donkey, um, and they kind of screw them up in those other two films. But we're not talking about that. That's for a different pod, uh, Renat podcast. Um, okay, so it's the only good number two. Uh, when compared to uh, other notable uh uh, seconds. Uh, of course, it's much better than Trolls World Tour. Um, we all know we're very disappointed by Trolls World Tour this year when it came out because, uh, of course, it has all Justin. It, of course, it has Justin Timberlake, who is one of my uh, enemies, uh, as well as uh, you know they got the color branch. Why wrong. is Justin Timberlake one of your enemies? Oh well, notably, uh, he uh, has. N- Completely ignored my request to explain why in Trolls 2 they ignored the continuity from Trolls 1, mm-hmm. where at the end of we all know at the end of Trolls 1, Branch finds his happiness and his color changes from gray and black to blue and green. Uh, but at the beginning of Trolls 2, he's notably gray and black again. Uh, How and often just, do you tweet this at JAT? Uh, there it was a while. I think I uh, tweeted at him for a good three months uh, every day, and he just he never responded. I, I take it as a personal slight. And did Justin Timberlake write the mm-hmm. script to the Trolls he, films? He's the executive. Pro- <laughs> he's the executive producer, but I have a personal theory that he uh, what got. He read the the second script, got confused why his guy was blue and green, and then uh, asked them to change it mm-hmm. to black and gray. That's my personal theory. Uh, that's what I've been asking him to, uh, uh, you know, confirm or deny, and he refuses to uh, respond to me on Twitter. Okay. Um, 
It's much better than Crude's The New Age. And, and of course, that just came out. Uh, it was very good. Crude's uh, Nicolas Cage. Uh, uh, I recommend uh, checking out. It's not as good as Shrek 2, though. It's much better than Godfather 2, which is considered one of the better sequels. And I got to tell you, uh, uh, this is an easy thing to disprove. Godfather 2 has a donkey show in it. And the only donkey I want to show is Donkey and Shrek making waffles. Um, it's much better than The Empire Strikes Back. Now, Empire Strikes Back, again, another sequel but as keith says star wars for nerds and uh shrek not for nerds um much better than Akiva, Ma- should somebody put in their dating profile they've never seen the shrek movies um hey, well yeah but i think that would be a great first date hey do you want to shrek and chill <laughs> um that sounds like a fantastic first date mm-hmm. and, uh, is that how you met your wife uh no actually i had well 2001 no i met her prior to that we did go see shrek and shrek 2 uh actually we saw all the shreks in theater together so they, mm-hmm. those were dates um don't know if we chilled afterwards though i mm-hmm. I, 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 can't, I can't recall that much better than mama mia here we go again i bring this up because uh we all know that in mama mia here we go again uh the titular Mamma Mia, which is Meryl Streep, only appears for five minutes, and she is like a force ghost from Star Wars. Um, but also, I wanted to bring this up as a point of contention. Of course, Mamma Mia is notable to Renap because Robin Akiva failed to watch the final four minutes of it in the final four episode. Um, yes. Um, and it's much better than Thor the Dark yeah. World. I just thought it was too dark. Okay. Oh, sorry. Moving oh, right along. There we go. Yeah. Moving right along. Uh, Shrek 2 features a hot Shrek and a hot donkey. Uh, Shrek takes a, uh, takes a, uh, potion and, uh, becomes a human and, uh, is, uh, very tasty. Um, someone else who did not respond to me on Twitter was I reached out to Bryce, uh, Purple Pants Badass himself, and I wanted to know if Shrek was a zaddy and, uh, to... This date, he has not responded. So if can't, people would, can't believe you didn't get an instant response. From well, uh, I did get a response from the war dog who said he thought uh, human Trek had too much hair, but uh, didn't mm-hmm. answer the question either. So um, also look how look how handsome donkey is. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, also, what's great about this is it opens up how deep Shrek 2 is. There's a mind puzzle for every uh, viewer to think about that they don't answer in the film. Uh, when Shrek takes the potion, he becomes hot Shrek, and Fiona becomes human uh, Fiona again. Hot Fiona. Well, I think it's up to your choice, but I, human Fiona. Um, Donkey becomes the stallion, and of course, Donkey's love interest is Dragon, who's not featured very much in Shrek 2. What does the dragon become? like an even hotter dragon uh what's a what's hotter than a dragon dr amanda is a dragon gross good so yeah i think i've covered this that i don't know if you can apply this to um fantasy and mythical animals but um i'm I'm going to look into it i'm going to do some additional work Mm -hmm. in this area oh hey rob uh uh, apparently kelly cut out what tim referred to as a fourth but we all know tim uh, might he might not be a math guy? I think he probably meant three fourths of the presentation. Like he, um, but uh, just just give you. A- oh yeah, yeah. yeah Kelly, did a, you ask him to cut three fourths of the presentation? I mean, I said it. A, I'm Canadian, so it was a little more kind than that. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. just make it a little shorter. Just cut out like all of these slides, mm-hmm. please. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, this is too long. Uh, here, no, it's going great. That. I was oh, just. I just... Uh, I'll, I'll skip that. One. <laughs> oh no! Okay. All right. Um, uh, okay. Uh, well, yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm just not so it. interested in hearing about it compared to the other films. Tell us about uh, why Shrek on. Two. Yeah. Uh, moving on. 
my kids love the B movie, by the way. Uh, yeah, what's better than the B movie? Uh, okay, so in conclusion, it's just an enjoyable show. It's you can put it on any time. It's really not offensive. It sort mostly holds up uh, through the 2020 lens. There are a couple questionable moments, but it you, you take it from the time that it is. Um, Shrek is enjoyable. You get to see him with his shirt off several times, both in human and Shrek form. Uh, I have a, a body type very similar to Ogre Shrek, not uh, Hot Shrek. Uh, and uh, yeah, overall, I think that Shrek 2 is the most fantastic film. I'm, I'm able to, uh, most people like to point out films to me, and I'm able to tell you why Shrek 2 is better. Um, and uh, I, I, it's undeniable. Uh, also, again, Robin Akiva intentionally ruined the final four episode by not watching the final four moments of uh, Mamma Mia. Um, and uh, it should be put in the sequel mechanism. Uh, any questions? Okay. No, we're good. What <laughs> if we had no questions? All right, um, Tim. How do you respond to criticism that uh, Shrek really took movie anime, anime children's animated films in a uh, dark direction, in that really made it all about the who is being cast for these roles, as opposed to uh, all about the story? See, that's that's a very incorrect take because, uh, of course, Tim Allen and Tom Hanks had voiced Buzz and Woody already. Now, Pixar oh, tried. Not you. Uh, not me. No, no, not, no. Yeah. Common mistake. I am uh, never been on Home Improvement or uh, uh, mm-hmm. uh, still standing to uh, a yeah. man, whatever, that, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, yeah. Uh, the, uh, yeah. So, uh, of course, Pixar uses that excuse to get away from saying that like, oh, look at Shrek. All they did was cast a bunch of celebrities. And guess what? They did a great job casting in, in Shrek. Mike Myers is excellent. And what's notable about Mike Myers too is he's the replacement voice. Of course, he's doing his, uh, Scottish voice from So I Married an Axe Murderer. But, uh, uh, Chris Farley was originally the voice of Shrek. Um, and, uh, of course, with his passing, they ended up recasting uh shrek eddie murphy is hilarious as donkey um this is probably the highlight of his career at the time he was doing a lot of those bad uh eddie murphy movies um but shrek is is the the, the high shining. point of eddie murphy's yeah. career yeah you can't do cameron diaz is great so pretty commonly held belief yeah absolutely yes uh uh cameron diaz of course is uh um a great fantastic in her role as fiona and uh you got to give it up to the other voice cast antonio banderas um we got john lithgow in the first one is great i, I think casting all over or, uh, trek is fantastic and i think that the main issue is uh people are just worried that like uh dreamworks would come in and ruin the animation phase by making such a high peak, everything is lower than there. And, uh, you know, with Shrek 2, they did. Um, so everything yeah. is just down from there. So I really thought we were going to be talking more about the the merits of Shrek 2 and not just taking down every other film to <laughs> say that Shrek 2 is the greatest film. Could you give us the plot points of Shrek 2? Kelly made me cut out so much. I, <laughs> I, I would never. Mm-hmm. I would I, never. I, I, 
But, okay, so Shrek 2, of course, starts after the end of Shrek 1, where Shrek and Fiona get married. We actually even start on their honeymoon. Uh, and then when they get back from their honeymoon, of course, Donkey shows up, and they get summoned to the land of Far, Far Away, which uh, Fiona's uh, parents, who are king and queen of Far, Far Away, ask her to come. And they're worried because, uh, of course, uh, at the end of Shrek 1, Fiona turns out to, uh, of course, is cursed to be an ogre at night and human by day, and because her true love's kiss is Shrek, she turns into full ogre. Um, they go, and of course, there's uh, some uh, the human parents don't accept Shrek. They're upset that their their child's still an ogre. And then the fairy godmother, who uh, of course uh, the uh, king asked to try to get rid of Shrek, tries to get rid of Shrek by hiring uh, Puss in Boots as an assassin. Puss in Boots joins the team. Uh, and then overall, it ends up Shrek in, uh, takes a potion to become human because he wants mm-hmm. to be with his wife. Uh, and at the very end of the movie, they have the opportunity to kiss and then stay as humans. But uh, uh, Fiona chooses uh to be an ogre with her true love and they go back to their swamp and uh it turns out that her dad was the frog prince uh the whole time mm-hmm. harold the frog prince of course mm-hmm. um does that help rob i mean it's, it, it, it's a it came back to me a little bit yeah it's a tale as old as time i mean as yes. somebody who's seen the shrek musical so much i i understand why you're so focused in shrek one lore mm-hmm. um but uh again shrek 2 is a great film and who, uh, i i really recommend also of all of you who have flocked and uh, subscribed to the peacock app there's a uh, uh, shrek of course is on there available to view okay akiva any other questions about why shrek 2 is the greatest film of all time um no i think he's convinced me it is the finest film ever made <laughs> great okay all right can Excellent. i say rob so uh tim was wearing a shrek mask and a shrek hat uh would you rather get the shrek uh, you, you know how about this a shrek oh, he's wearing yeah, a shirt, shrek shirt yeah. so i didn't realize would you rather wear a shrek mask for the next three months or just get the uk uh variant of the coronavirus and, and you know see what happens well, that is my mask I have been wearing. Yeah. Uh, I mean, so. uh, am I going anywhere? Like, is it, is it like, am I just wearing the mask when I leave the house or am I wearing the mask in the house? Um, uh, do you wear a mask in your house sometimes? Not normally. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I, I mean, mean, if you if leave to, the house, you have to, you have to wear the I Shrek would rather mask. wear the mask when I leave the house. Yeah, okay. So, I, all right, you would th- rather you that ma- than get Corona, okay. I think you wear the mask after you Shrek and chill, right? Mm, okay. Well, don't wear beforehand or else, it, yeah. I think you have to wear it during if it's really that Shrek-themed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do your kids, uh, are your kids and, and wife and everybody as into Shrek as you are, Tim? Uh, uh, my kids like Shrek a lot. Um, I don't think they're as into Shrek. Uh, this year, uh, one of my students told my wife, uh, hey, what do you like you asked my wife essentially that same question. My wife said, you like Shrek? And I was like, oh, no, the the dark secrets come How out. How much access so do your wife, your students now. have exactly? Uh, not a ton. And this was like okay. a special like oh, final. Yeah. And she your wife doesn't know you like Shrek. Film. She does now. She, it's just like something that like doesn't pay attention. Is this like a secret life me. that you lead? Yeah, I'm a I'm a, a Shrekophile in secret. No, uh, uh, it, she just like knows that I watch a lot of kids movies. I love kids mm-hmm. movies. Uh, in fact, uh, 
Uh, I, I agree a lot with the uh, presentation about how adult uh, adult uh, cartoons are yes. great, but also I think normal cartoons are great. I'm I'm in for any type of uh, kids content is is great in my opinion. Um, yeah, and so I think it's just something one of those things where uh, I think my wife uh, didn't really pay attention because mm-hmm. we've been married for. 17 years and also it. like it's not something like i would really go out and say yeah. like hey uh check out even though you took her to see like. all four films in the theater no we were we were like that was early in the relationship and we were seeing uh, most movies in the mm-hmm. theater i mean most animated films she just didn't realize i like shrek as much as i did okay or shrek- do or I'm sorry, I'm referring you to as Shrek. Uh, Tim, you can't, cool. <laughs> uh, if you could take the honor, potion Rob. and turn into an ogre, would you do it? Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure. I mean, I'm pretty ogreish already. I mean, the, the potion makes you look beautiful, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's, in the movie, it says it makes you look fine. And uh, I mean, it, the, Shrek is Shrek's, uh, Shrek's the type. I got to say, speaking of Shrek, where's the cookie jar, Rob? Right here. There we go. Great. Here it is. When you open it up. <laughs> it's going to be fun. We can stay up late, swapping manly stories, and in the morning, I'm making waffles. Oh. Uh, <laughs> that's an all-time goat uh, donkey quote right there. Mm-hmm. And please don't burn that quote, uh, <laughs> Greg. <laughs> oh, Shrek, did you do that? Man, you gotta warn somebody before you just crack one off. My mouth was open and everything. Believe me, donkey, if it was me, you'd be dead. You'd be dead. Yeah. You do love this woman, don't you? Yes. You want a heart? These are very lengthy quotes that come out of this thing. <laughs> I, I'm disappointed how heavily it, it relies on donkey, too. And of course, no Shrek 2 quote, no famous Shrek 2 quotes. Uh, mm-hmm. um, yeah. I mean, Kelly made me cut out the whole, like, best scene uh, of Shrek 2. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Kelly really the fill in here. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. She's really the fairy godmother of uh, my presentation. Listen, somebody has to be the villain. Okay. All right. Tim, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Yeah. I can't wait to talk more about the entire Shrek universe (laughs) in a future. Oh, sure. No question. A A N A P. Yes. All right. Shrek cinematic universe. (laughs) Yeah. Into the Shrekiverse. We have to go into the Shrekiverse. All right. There you have it. All right. Kelly, uh, what a fantastic inaugural Renat X here today. I hope, um, I don't know, maybe someone learned something. There is a very very informative lot of learning. I think everyone learned. Yeah. Um, Especially the people who listened to the first four of them. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That was incredible. Uh, Akiva, any any, any other thoughts on Renat X? I enjoyed it. I'd be happy to you know do another one at some point in the near future i thought kelly killed it she got uh some really good guests we did a good job i i i think we're gonna for the mailbag i think we're gonna because we can't have eight people i think it's gonna be me you and kelly but i was wondering should we go around quickly and ask and and say goodbye to our other panelists ask them if they have anything they want to pitch for the mailbag or if they just want to say goodbye or plug anything all right let's have our panelists pop back on okay all right let's go around the horn uh back to back to greg Greg, uh, did you have anything you wanted to throw at us while you're here? I have a pitch. It's a little complicated, but um, perfect. So it's uh, it's it's a uh, Rob and Akiva hold a treasure hunt. Hold the treasure. So basically, 
Yeah. So basically the idea is there was this dude who like wrote a book and the book was a Forrest clue Fenn? to where you could find. Yeah. Forrest Fenn. Yes, exactly. Yes. And uh, it was a clue and you could go and find the treasure. Right. Yes. So I was thinking you all could create a treasure hunt or somebody could create a treasure hunt. And the idea is like, you know, at the beginning of the week, when it comes up on the wheel, Akiva tweets out a clue and it leads to something. And like, so maybe it's a, I don't know. It's a sporkle quiz of like 50 things that you have to decide if Kirsten McInnes would rank them as a salad or a sandwich. Right. Mm -hmm. And you get them all right. And then you DM that to Kirsten and she gives you the next clue and like on and on like that. It's like this whole series of like puzzles and clues through the Renapa verse. And then at the end, the person who solves it, the first comes on the show and gets a (laughs) prize of some sort. They get on the mailbag and then you go through all of the puzzles on the show. So we've discussed this uh, a lot on News AF that uh, Danny and Tyson were very familiar with the Forest Fen saga. I do believe that, right, uh, right. that more than one person might have died looking for Forest Fen. Yeah, I don't treasure. think anyone yeah. would die doing this. I hope it's not. good PR for us. I just I don't know if that's as good of a podcast as it is like a fun adventure for someone. And also, I'm not mm-hmm. sure necessarily like how we figure out the logistics of especially in of, the- yeah, putting something on my block or Akiva's block. I'm not sure how we're getting to mm. go and plant these clues around uh, the world. Well, I figured all of the clues would be online. I don't think you have to actually go and physically uh, get any of the clues. It would be something more internet-based. Mm-hmm. What do we burn, though? <laughs> I'm really um, interested you could in take burning. A, you could take a video of burning Shrek 2 DVDs. <laughs> No, no, no. <laughs> Too far. Whoever whoever burns the most Shrek 2 DVDs gets to get the next clue. This has taken That's a very just, dark turn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Stay yeah. away from my garage. Mm. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. Perhaps that's true. maybe like the that's next uh, Renap live event. Maybe we could get. Uh, yeah. there, there could be some sort of a scavenger hunt element involved. Yeah, that was my alternative idea. Was Robin Achieva do a scavenger Robin hunt Achieva, where you have to go yeah. and get? Yes, where you have <laughs> to go and get nickname. things. Don't be an and they're ranked in difficulty. Yeah. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. All right, maybe we'll uh, plan that into our next uh, Robin Akiva trip in sometime in 2023. In 2028 oh, or so. Are you writing mm-hmm. a 2022 off already, Rob? I'm not writing 2022 off. We'll see. Let's see how it goes. I think I think 2022 there could be live events. Okay, I'll keep our fingers crossed. All right, how about Goldie? Do you have a a pitch? Well, I do believe I already pitched you something. Yes, <laughs> that's right. Uh, but, she wants Daria. Yes, but also I really I want feel like you to we watch- already got it. Okay. If you don't want to watch Daria and Beavis and Butthead, I would really like it if you watch the House Hippos PSA. The We're House talking Hippos. About it for you. Yes, that was my original pitch for Canadian PSAs are trash. It's House Hippos. It convinced everybody in Canada that House Hippos were a real thing. It's very House important. Hippos. Is, is it a commercial? It's a public service announcement. You want to play it now, Rob? Yeah, I'll play is it. Is it short? Sure. It's pretty, pretty short. short. Okay. All right. House Hippo. All right. This is from... August of 2006. Will the audio only do it justice? Let's see. Okay, this is over 1.6 million views on the YouTube. Okay, here's a House Hippo PSA. It's nighttime in a kitchen just like yours. All is quiet. Or is it? The North American House Hippo is found throughout Canada and the eastern United States. House hippos are very timid creatures and are rarely seen, but they will defend their territory for the vote. Amanda, a house hippo is very tiny. Uh, I think it's it's exceptionally gross. 
<laughs> oh my gosh. How very, cute is a bit? Very tiny. tiny. It's like hippo. the size of a rat. Yeah. Come out at night to search for food, water, and materials for their nests. The favorite foods of the house hippo are chips, raisins, and the crumbs from peanut butter on toast. They build their nests in bedroom closets using lost mittens, dryer lint, and bits of string. The nests have to be very soft and warm. House hippos sleep about 16 hours a day. That looked really real, but you knew it couldn't be true, didn't you? That's why it's good to think about what you're watching on TV and ask questions, kind of like you just did. A message from Concerned Children's Advertisers. <laughs> that was it? Did I get it right, Goldie? Nobody listens to the last five minutes of the ad, or seconds of the ad, so everybody thought house hippos were real. Yeah. Wow. Um, are, is there a lot of false advertising for children's products that if you paid better attention, you would know they weren't real? Not yeah. anymore. Hmm. Not, not now. After the house yeah, they book, solved it. Yeah. Like what were well, they aver- like? I like is this like cereal ads or like uh, they're saying like cereal is healthy or something like that. I think it was supposed to be media literacy generally, which uh, might have been helpful. Yeah, I, I think in general, most people say that uh, there are movies that are better than Shrek 2, but that is false advertising. Okay. <laughs> exactly. He's got a one Shrek mind. Yeah, no, Tim is really a master of brand consistency. <laughs> mm-hmm. Every, everyone but your wife knows. <laughs> 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 that was uh, can we go go back to your wife's reaction to finding out that you were a shrek stan sure uh i was standing uh she the the student uh said yeah Tim, tim's really into shrek huh and my wife just said you're into shrek and doesn't i'm like she, yeah doesn't uh, she know that you have that shirt and the mask yeah. and the hat Did she and not follow you on twitter she's seen it no does not follow my wife is a much better person than me not on twitter so uh um she was deplatformed <laughs> yeah <laughs> she's been kicked off of all of them uh, wow <laughs> yeah even pinterest nope <laughs> yeah that was what got her cancel off. culture <laughs> is a bitch <laughs> was wow. her pins um yeah do we call shrek fans shrekies I say Shrekophiles, but uh, that's because I absolutely love Shrek. I mean, I think Shrekies are good too. I'm a Shrekspert, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Okay, Doctor Amanda Rabinowitz, uh, do you have a, a a pitch for the wheel? Um, I have an idea for the variety pack. Oh yes, yeah. So, um, I I've I've always thought that the segment that's um. Uh, they do on sometimes on comedy bang bang i think akiva you listen to that sometimes they do a would you rather segment where um they are there's a would you rather question and then um the all the panelists ask more detailed questions so it's like would you rather have your fingers be hot dogs or have to wear a shrek mask all the time um Mm -hmm. and and then you ask more questions and then sort of the person can kind of fill out all of the other ridiculous consequences of each of the choices. And then you mm-hmm. pick one. I always thought that was funny. It's probably not enough for a whole episode, but could maybe be part of a variety yeah. pack. We did. I, but we included a couple of them, if I remember correctly, into the census. We had a couple like wacky questions. Would you rather? Like yeah. Uh-huh. It is a little bit stealing another podcast bit also. Oh, we never do oh. that. Oh, no. never. That never happens. <laughs> well, here. nobody's ever done. They've never done comedy. Bang, bang, X. okay well that was Uh, all i got i thought i'd throw it out there amanda what do you make of the new updates to the renat bot 
Oh, I mean, the Renat bot is really, I mean, Dan Schiffman has been really busy working on that. So now the Renat bot is actually suge- is pitching season three, episode sevens and crappy movie diaper entries. I don't, I mean, it's, um, I, I though they're not like the essence of Renat bot. I think that like when the Renat bot's just like, what about this movie? And like mm-hmm. pick something with a low yeah. rating, but, but maybe it'll bring some things to the surface that have been overlooked. Yeah, it's almost like spitting out like random IMDb pages. Right, right. But I think I have I have a feeling. Oh, sorry, Tim. Uh, Dr. Amanda, um, can you get more Shrek content into the Renat bot's brain, please? (laughs) Not enough Shrek related pitches. I do think that um, I do think that. So I I do think that that Dan is um, feeding more into the Renat bot as we speak. Yeah. So he's been reaching out to people to get more content. You there is there is Shrek is definitely in the Renatbot's brain. The Renatbot does tweet about Shrek, Tim, but not, not enough for your liking. Mm-hmm. Especially not Shrek. Can we get Shrek 2 Shrek focused? Two. Yeah. Shrek 2 specifically, right. <laughs> I mean the I whole basis of the Renatbot is transcribing Renat episodes to text to put into it. So if you transcribe this episode, then I would think from this alone it's going to right. dramatically increase the Renatbot's awareness of Shrek. That's why I'm here. I'm trying to Shrek jam the uh, uh, Renat bot. <laughs> Mission accomplished. Okay. And then Morgan, how about from you? Um, I don't have an idea. I just want to say thanks to Kelly because I think she did a great job. Yes. Bravo, job, Kelly, Kelly, for putting together the Renat X um, panel. Yeah. Appreciate it. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Morgan from Australia or um, Podcasting Weekly on uh, Laura After Hours. Okay. What, what do you podcast about? Uh, it's a podcast about a podcast that oh, used to wow. be about sports and be on ESPN, but kind of just became a pirate ship to nowhere now. And okay, so it was a podcast about a podcast? I'm intrigued. Uh, yes. The original show that we listened to was the Dan Libertad show yes. on ESPN, and um, a lot of a group of fans got together and started podcasting about it. Yes. And, yeah. So now we're just floating off into the ocean and seeing where that takes us. Okay. All right. Um, this is very interesting. Okay, I want to hear more, more, more about this. Uh, but um, uh, thank you for sharing. Thanks. Okay. All right. Then, anybody else want to give out a, uh, a social media plug? At Q26. Yes. <laughs> so, um, at GM Paul on Twitter and Instagram. Okay, that's Goldie. Okay, and Dr. Amanda Rabinowitz. Please, everybody, follow me on Twitter. I'm um, at Dr. Amanda R. That's D-R, Amanda R. And I'd also like to plug my Psych Rewatch podcast with the great Jason Curtis Rivera. And that's I know you don't know. My, be- my best friend, famously, mm-hmm. best friend, collaborator, and colleague, Jason Curtis Rivera. Um, I know you don't know. Okay. And, of course, at Shut Up Tim. Uh, at Shut Up Tim, um, I, I did notice I got skipped for pitching an idea. Oh, I'm um, sorry I, about I, that. I assume that's intentional. I mean, do, do you have uh, do you have another idea? I, I mean, I have a lot of ideas. If you want to hear it, Rob, but I do are, think are, do they Shrek all involve at, Shrek. This this was not Shrek related. I actually have a mechanism idea for the fishbowl. If you're mm-hmm. interested, uh, I think you should add a couple of uh, balls into the fishbowl that aren't TV show related. It's a mechanism. When you pull it out, the mechanism's activated, and this is the Boomer versus Zoomer uh, uh, 
mechanism where you then pull two balls. One has to be one of the boomer shows and one has to be one of the non-boomer shows. And you watch mm-hmm. both that week. Uh, Give an I, example. Uh, yeah. Like Gilligan's Island versus um, uh, what's the, I can't think of a modern one that's in there. Like it, it would be uh, Riverdale. Like what if you watch Gilligan's Island and Riverdale, are there connections? Are there not connections? Also, you appease the boomers and the zoomers. So the people who like the old shows will get partial content. And the people who like, don't like the old shows got a new show too. Hmm. And you could have oh. uh, dueling guests who uh, represent each show and then they can talk about why okay. so one is good and one's not good. There could be something here. I'm wondering maybe it's not a fishbowl idea, but what about the idea of sort of like boom, boomer, zoomer, Akiva, where we have like we we have one of our older listeners, like one of our 60 plus listeners. We get them to watch like a show that's like a favorite of one of our like uh tw- you know early twenty listeners, and then vice versa. Not a bad idea. Um, I think we could put it sort of in the fishbowl. Mm-hmm. We've watched so much, also. I don't want to like add a lot of watching ideas, but uh, I-, I do like it. Um, Goldie points out where do the millennials get left out here? Like yeah. they're in the middle. They have nothing. Let me say, watching ideas are fine. That there's no there's no problem okay, with watching ideas. So uh, let me okay. fight back against that take. The, the watching ideas are fine. It's what we. But watch. you did see people were dropping that that. that I did, a, a and that was ago. and okay. that was because of that uh, that the, the the that we ended up uh, running into not the most interesting things to watch. It wasn't that there's a problem with ideas of watching things. Let's mm-hmm. not throw the baby out with the bathwater. Yeah, and and I think that this actually helps solve the idea because if it's a show that people are like, I don't care about Gilligan's Island at all. That's an old show for old people. You have you have a counterpoint right there as well, and that draws everybody in. And maybe they could say like, I like this part or not that part. But it'd be interesting to see if like something old somehow has elements uh, to something new, even if it's like totally two random shows. Hmm. All right. Yeah. I'm consider. not ready to put it on the I, wheel. We, I think this may be something. I, I, I want to hear the, the right two shows for it. Maybe mm-hmm. we can look in the fishbowl, see which which two go against each other. But it's interesting. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you to our esteemed panelists. Uh, great job. And of course, Kelly, thank you again for putting this all together. Thank you, Kelly. We're going to put take a quick break. And when we come back, we've got a mailbag. Kelly is sticking around and we'll talk about what's coming up on the wheel next here on Robin Akiva. Need a podcast. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. All right. We are back with our mailbag 115. We've cleared out all of the panelists. Just Rob, Uncle Kiwi, and Kelly. 
here today. Kelly is uh, celebrating her Buffalo Bills winning today, a successful Renat Bax, and hopefully a great mailbag here in episode 115. Uncle Kiwi, how are you doing? I'm doing great. I had a really good time on Renat Bax. Um, did you mention that I sort of got cut out for like 10 minutes there, or you just proceeded as if it didn't happen? Yeah, I think I'm... Uh, my, I, I don't Honestly, I don't remember. I think that the first... Maybe I, I acknowledged it the first time, and then... Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe I, the podcast better without me. Maybe it was a good one. You know, you didn't need me. Yeah, I don't, I don't like to call a lot of attention to that stuff. If it's not... If people can't hear it, they just assume like, oh, uh, maybe Akiva mm-hmm. is like a really deep in thought. No, yeah, for sure. I, I just meant the video. But yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I had a great time. I do have to go back and listen to the Dr. Amanda one, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't usually listen to this podcast because I'm on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, famously, um, you never listen to it. I don't listen to any of my, my podcasts. Um, sometimes, like, Allie will post, like, a 90-second clip of NGOG, and I'll listen. I'll be like, all right, that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. I made my wife listen to one this week. She was laughing. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, because it was me talking about how, like, I ate um, all the... my my The pizza crust? Yeah, you heard that the, yes. my son had had the pizza crust, and I didn't really want to do it because of COVID. But I'm also like a you know an insatiable pig, and I need to eat. And they were out there. Yeah. So if you missed the clip uh, that Akiva's kids, there was like a pizza party, and th- th- there were some friends that were there, and then also left a lot of pizza crust. And Akiva was trying to figure out which pizza crust were his kids. Which under underrated, one of the best things about having kids is you get to eat the food that they don't finish, mm-hmm. and but you ate everybody's pizza crust. Uh, yeah, my son, his friends, my daughter's friend, everybody. And as Ali pointed out, if I was a grown-up who knew how to use the oven, I could just like throw them in the oven. But uh, I, I didn't know how to do that, so I just uh, ate them plain. Cold sh- pizza's underrated. Mm-hmm. It's, it's rated pretty highly, honestly. No, you should take them and put them in the air fryer. Oh, okay. So old pizza in the air fryer. Oh, I'll try that next time. Yeah, you have an air fryer? No, I can't actually try that next time. <laughs> I didn't think there'd be any follow-up questions. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Take that Take that pizza next time. Invest in the air fryer. You could thank me later. And mm-hmm. then take that pizza crust and you throw that in the, those babies in the air fryer for a little while. All right. I told my wife we need an air fryer, but she, I don't know. She, she wasn't super interested. Mm. All right. Let's talk about what's in the mailbag for... This week. All right. Akiva, any old business you want to get into? Not really. I think we can put the uh, the podcast episode where you and I listen to 10, 12, 20 podcasts in a week and go over them. Th- that's formally added to the wheel. I believe that's eligible this week. I oh. did not get. Well, I think we said we put it on. We just needed a um, we just we we needed a sort of a list of podcasts, but we can do that mm-hmm. uh, in real time if it comes up. Yeah. Um, I was going to post it, but then crazy things happened Wednesday and Thursday. I, I, I opted away from posting more forums this week. Yeah. Okay, great. Uh, do we have a name for that? Um, I believe in the, in, in the official doc, it is called Podcast Happy Hour. But can we top that? Or do you like I, that? I think so. Uh, Kelly, what do you think of Podcast Happy Hour? I like that. It's very cute. I'm down for any kind of happy hour. Yeah, but I feel like it's, it's not drinking um it should be we probably should drink while we talk about hmm. the 20 podcasts yeah how many podcasts were listening to 12 podcasts uh i think it's like you you wanted more 20 it, we'll see how many we're interested in i also think we could listen to like 13 14 15 and, th- and then some of them that are boring we could yada yada you know okay all right it's a long episode all right well let's leave it at that but uh, i want to leave the door open to change the name sure um i'm going to start with something from the renap reddit 
Great. Because this got uh, very highly upvoted. I see it as 53 upvotes, 100% upvoted. Uh, and it says, can we please get Danny Bryson on an episode of Renap from The Great Emperor? Honestly, this is my number one request in 2021. I love listening to Vascular D on yeah. News AF. And I think Rob trying to explain the concept of the show to him would break his brain. I would love to talk to Danny on a podcast. So that my only my hesitation here with this is that I kind of feel like that, you know, it's a situation where it's a little bit of like a sex in the city where I've never talked to Danny uh, other than when uh, Tyson went to Fiji that one time where I've done a podcast with him. And I kind of feel like that is Tyson going to feel left out if it's a, hey, Danny, will you do this other podcast? And yeah, the listeners want just Danny. Is he really going to care? Is Tyson like that at all? I don't think he's like that. And you could offer, like, Tyson can come. I don't think this is Danny without Tyson. We'd be thrilled to have both of them. Mm-hmm. Happy with just one of them. Mm-hmm. I mean, Tyson's never gotten an invite for News AF. And now, hey, we want, we just want Danny. Do you think Tyson knows what Renap is? Um... Could you ask him? Ask him next week. Ask him if he knows what it is. Yeah, and we are like the sister show, right? We're really the only they're the only two weekly shows. We both mm-hmm. don't talk about Survivor. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but yeah. uh, I, I have a feeling neither of them know we exist. Yeah, I, I do think that Danny w- would be good. I, I don't know what Danny's appetite is for a second podcast a, a, a week. Um, well, but, no, this is not a week. This is second podcast you know, I, in any given week. I don't know what Danny's appetite mm-hmm. is for it, but um, yeah, Danny is great to talk about a movie or you know, I think there's any number people of people that mentioned the show Monk that yes. putting that in, but that's also like shows can go in the fishbowl and not come out for two years. <sighs> yeah, I think that if it was like something that was super specific to his interests, where he was a monk, uh, he binge watched all of Monk. I think that that might be a uh, mm-hmm. easy sell. Yeah, if we have a diehard News AF listener out there who can pinpoint something that we could pitch specifically to Danny that he'd be interested in, let us know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like maybe. maybe something else he's mentioned that's that's more than just the TV show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I think I think Danny is great. I mean, we, when I went through the best of News AF podcast, I had to like uh, like okay, I can't just have the whole show be like Danny's rants about things. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe that's the episode. Maybe Danny just rants about things. <laughs> Danny's rants. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't want to like uh, completely take that out as part of News AF, but you know, Danny is a, a incredible uh, podcaster. Has a great YouTube channel too. Mediocre amateur. Yeah, people in the Renap Reddit are saying that it's he's really great. What is it like action? What does he do exactly? Yeah, he goes like on like adventures. See, people said that they're not sure if he, he and I would get along because we're very opposite each other. No, I don't think so. Uh, that you're both very cynical. Okay, but he's he's supposedly an outdoorsman. And I'm yeah, an but that doesn't he doesn't talk about that uh, so much okay. on the podcast. Yeah. All right. Um, Derek writes in and he says, "I helped Rob with the patron brand deal, and we need to do this for a nap. Sixteen, sixteen to twenty. Renap personalities on a Zoom call, getting co- adding commentary as the avatars yeah. by survivors. Does Derek the bill me for writing Renap ideas? Because I hope not." <laughs> So Derek is an employee of you, mm-hmm. but also loves this podcast, which yeah. I respect. Yeah. Um, listen, he goes to the sausage factory, then he goes home and eats sausages. Mm-hmm. Um, sausage factory? Is that a thing? Anyway, um, what do you think? I do think it's a good idea, though. 
So we've been doing I, these for on the Robbins podcast uh, Patreon, where we've mm-hmm. done uh, we, we've done events where we do a uh, it's we play out a Survivor season with with the patrons. It's a good idea, right, Kelly? It's very fun. It's really exciting to listen to because sometimes the avatars just do um, very unhinged actions yeah, in the so brand steel. We we simulate the brand steel and then we have the people there on the Zoom call. So it's like uh, almost uh, kind of like what we did like with the Oregon Trail where it's like, you know, uh, where instead of like uh, Kelly has dysentery, you know, Kelly found the idol and then we get to talk to uh, the person about what what they did. So... Derek wants to do this with uh, with uh, Renap people. Yep, that's what people are saying. We've been pitched this a lot. Mm-hmm. I think it's fun. What do you think? Yeah, it's fine. Well, I said fun. You said fine. Fine to Rob Kelly is like a C plus B minus. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. that. I do think it's fun, but I I sometimes feel like like you guys lean into the Brant Steel a little bit too much. Well, we've only maybe done we two. Can... Yeah, here's we've only my done thing about Brant Steel. Here's my thing about Brant Steels. Like, mm-hmm. uh, I'm already doing Brant Steels. Uh, I'm already doing them. Like, uh, I don't need to come to Renap and do another okay. Brant Steel. All right, like, fine. Uh, so with it, all it would be respect, like Derek going home and... and yeah. And, you know, okay. Like, what, uh, like you want to come on a Brant Steel I'm already doing? That, that's no, great. No, I don't. But, you know... Why would I like, want to? Uh, I... I, I we got a million other ideas for Rob the Community Podcast. What do we need to Perfect. do a brand steal for? Okay, I, I, I the the thing that sort of lit uh, a fire in my head for that is there was a couple of people I thought that maybe we couldn't get for a normal nap thing that would be fun to uh, get there, but mm-hmm. we'll never know. Yeah. Um. Okay. Uh, this is from uh, Josh the Pizza Guy. He's been writing in a lot recently. Yeah. He says I have a great idea oh. for my favorite podcast. Yes. Uh, I know something similar has been mentioned before, but I think some kind of rap battle would make for a great podcast. You could bring in two guests at a time to battle, and you'd pick a winner. I think with the success of the musical, this would go over well with the listeners. I feel like we've talked about this a lot. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I think people wanted us to rap. I, I think now we're having no, we're not random rapping. listeners. We're, we're not rapping. Uh, go back Nobody's to uh, the furry party with uh, the pizza for uh, Josh, <laughs> the pizza guy. Actually, you know what? I made a mistake a couple of weeks ago. So when we first read josh the pizza guy's uh suggestion that was a handwritten note but i also had another e- uh, another letter that was uh sent to us by another listener will wow. could you give me a, could you give me a second could you and could you and kelly rap for a second while i go grab that from the other yes, room absolutely of course we will actually have to rap though who's the most other than drake who's the most fin- famous canadian rapper um ooh, that's tough there's a guy called party next door i think he's pretty mm-hmm. famous I should probably Google that and make sure he's actually Rob Canadian. Rob did say we should rap, so can you rap your answer? Gosh, Akiva, I'm very, very white. I don't know if I can do that. That's It's literally your last name. That's how white you are. <laughs> I am a rap fan, but I mm-hmm. know how to stay in my lane, and I know that I'm not personally mm-hmm. a rapper, so I try okay. and stay away from that. My name is Kelly, and I'm here to say... Um, that's how every like uh, comedy bang bang rap starts. Like they all say like their name and that they're here to say. <laughs> I do like the idea of having people rap battle though, because I'm sure there's a lot of very talented people. Okay, well there would be a lot, probably a lot of untalented people too that would be doing the mm-hmm. rap thing. All right, I'm back. All right, Will from North Carolina. He, mm. he has a a written letter here for us. A typewritten Wait, so, le- or a, a okay. print can be a okay because that's wild if you wrote it by hand this is that was the other letter typewriter this letter in crayon he wrote it that josh the pizza guy has a handwritten letter 
Mm-hmm. Okay, but this is Will from North Carolina. He writes, uh, "Dear, because we said if you send us an, if you send us a letter, we'll read it." Mm-hmm. Dear Robin Akiva, my pitch for the wheel is called Game of Hosts. This podcast would be dedicated to famous hosts of various television shows through history. There are a few different ways you could format the podcast. It could be a bracket. Up, oh, what month is it? Mm-hmm. Well, well, it's January now, but yeah. we're already looking towards March to decide bracket who creep. is the best or most iconic host of all time. A discussion slash structured banter about some of the hosts and your opinions on them on the shows they represent, or it could be a gamified to have more fun. Here are some suggestions for each format. The bracket would be to determine who are the best slash most iconic hosts of all time. Divisions include game show hosts, late night show hosts, daytime show hosts, reality TV show hosts. Uh, This could include a brief history of the most iconic TV hosts. Uh, Yada, yada, yada. I weirdly think I pitched this idea before. Yes. Hmm. Any yeah, idea, so what, interesting so game it's a of bracket, hosts? It's a bracket r- of ranking hosts. Yeah, or yes, yeah, so of like uh, you could get people coming out of the game show host bracket, the late night show host bracket, the daytime show hosts, and reality TV show hosts. I don't hate it. I'd like to see the brackets and see who we're dealing with first. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Like we gotta come to the quarterfinals, and it's like. You know, Bob Barker, Jerry Springer, David mm-hmm. Letterman, uh, like, I don't know. Uh, I like to do something sometimes when we have a guest on the podcast, especially for the first time. Um, can, uh, I'm going to read our guests' oh, no. previous emails, uh, oh, sight unseen. Yes. Okay. And we'll see. Maybe we have something there. If not, we could make fun of them. Hey, Robbo and Uncle Keevy. My idea for the wheel is called Battle of the Bands. I've created a list of 32 fictional TV and movie bands or performances as well, as well as a link to uh, one yeah. of their top songs. I believe we trashed this idea, if I'm not mistaken. Rob was, was really thoroughly uh, uninterested. Similar to the TV th- song bracket, I imagine that barring any legal issue, you could play clips of the artists. Mm-hmm. I just like that. Um, Kelly, is that, that true? Ke- was, I, was I very against the idea at the time? I think you said you didn't, we, you hadn't done super well with music recently yes. and you weren't super interested. Hmm. I also like that this email was sent on December 24th. Like Chris, Kelly wakes up on Christmas <laughs> Eve last year, mm-hmm. having a tough time. We're remembering pre corona, so she could go anywhere mm-hmm. in the world. And she's like, let me email about the TV th- theme song bracket. I also like that Kelly has her degrees in her email, just in case you like need mm-hmm. to know does this Listen. person have a BA with honors? The answer is yes. You got to flex on them, okay? Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> I got a BASC too, Akiva. Yeah, I didn't know what that was, so I didn't comment on it. What's that? A Bachelor of Applied Science. Oh, okay, fine. Okay. Is that like a master's? I don't know. I don't know. Canadian do you want to do over to pitch us on the fictional band bracket? Oh, always. I actually do still really like this idea, and I almost ran it with my friends just for fun. Um, but essentially, the idea was that you would pick a bunch of TV shows that had fictional bands um, and then a bunch of movies on the other side, and mm-hmm. I could give you their backstory as well as play some of their music because a lot of them have like weird backstories. Hmm. And then we can find out who's the king, the battle of the band's champion. <laughs> Is it Mouse Rat? Is it Alexis from Schitt's Creek? Mm-hmm. We'll never know. Yeah, what do you think? I, just, I, I think it requires. So you just mentioned I've never seen Schitt's Creek, Rob. You, I think you have, right? Uh, I am watching it, but I am not up to the Alexis I- band. One interesting thing here is like it requires such a broad pop culture knowledge to really care 
You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. the, yeah, if you're not Mike okay. Bloom, do you have a chance right. to know what yeah, everything mm-hmm. you're talking about? Right. Like Mouse Rat, okay, most people know from Parks and Rec. But then you get to things like, uh, you know, the 18th most popular fictional band might be something that's super obscure. So, mm-hmm. like, are we in on the joke if we are not familiar with the show or the movie? Or I will say, like, some of the, like, a movie example, Josie and the Pussycats, which is an early 2000s movie, had a band called Du Jour, and their hit single was called Backdoor Lover. Whoa. So, okay. I think you can get in on the joke, you know? So, you right. think it stands up on its own, well, the, right. the songs. Could we maybe tweak this a little bit? Where it, rather than a bracket, because Akiva is very particular about how he has his brackets and when he has them. So could could you come in and give us the top 10 and then tell us why they are the top 10 and then come in with clips for those 10? Akiva, is that more interesting? It is. I, I think it's that's somewhere between a full episode and a mailbag, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. It could be in the variety pack, maybe. Could be long for the hmm. variety pack. It's a little long for the variety pack. I, I I like what she's saying. Like, would there be a top five, like the five best of all time, and that's a variety pack idea? Mm-hmm. I could run some some surveys, run some numbers. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that, Rob? Because I, I agree, ten is probably ten songs probably too long for one variety pack segment. Mm-hmm. Could you give us the Mount Rushmore for TV and for movies? Ooh, I could definitely do that too. I assume you don't want me to give it all away right now. No, 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 no. Save that. Yeah. yeah, I'll put that in the variety pack if Rob's interested. Absolutely. Sure. Sure. Variety pack almost ready to go. We probably just need one or two more ideas. Love it. Wow. This is so exciting. Okay. We worked. I can't believe that. I wrote that on Christmas Eve. That's. Mm-hmm. That it is was, pretty wow. Yeah. A Christmas gift uh, a year and a half later. Uh, I do like this. I, I like this idea that we're just going through uh, like old emails. Yeah, it's from, a good idea. Yes. Tales from Tinder. Yes. You want to hear Tales from yes. Tinder? Go on. Can I read this, Kelly? Yeah, of course. It's an old email. It's almost two years ago. Based on Akiva's desire to hear the Russian guy breakup story. Who is the Russian guy? <laughs> Do you I remember this, someone, Kelly? Someone had written about... I don't know. I wish I could remember now. It sounds very compelling. I think I even know what this is. I think a listener made an offhand, uh, offhanded reference in a different story to uh, breaking up with a Russian guy. And we were like, whoa, we're way more interested. Tell us the story about how you broke up with the Russian guy. So from the, from that story, the listener pitched the Living Rent Free in Your Head podcast. I'm suggesting that you two do, do a podcast based around terrible dating stories. Listeners can call or write in with their bad dating stories for Rob Akiva and a female guest, preferably somebody who frequents the apps. But I didn't want to make any assumptions about rehab podcasters mm-hmm. to discuss. Stories don't have to be exclusive about dating, yeah. exclusive about dating apps. Uh, unrelated, I'd like to submit the Simple Life Season 3, Episode 7 to the fishbowl. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I think we have we've gotten the, the dating stuff. I think we've done that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we did pretty similar with uh, similarly with um, Kirsten and Holly. Mm-hmm. People no, were mad that almost, Holly did not make the top ten. People said, "Where's Holly on the top 10? It is almost Valentine's Day, yeah. so I don't know. People might be really getting back in the apps. Yeah. Mm. By the way, the the Holly clip was was there. Should we play it post credits? Perfect. Yes, we could play the Holly clip. Yeah. post credits. We idea. we listened to it. It was. Uh, it was really exciting that uh, we got the guy Henry. I think was his name. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, oh, no doubt those guys are still dating. Yeah, uh, he was good, but I just I listened back to the clip and I was like, eh, it's fine. But I think I you think had to be was, there the whole time. It yeah. was more like if you were if you were listening the whole twenty five minutes. It's like, payoff. oh my god, I can't believe he's here. But then when like yes. in hindsight, I don't think he said anything that that was like um, didn't blow my doors off the second time around. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We need our doors blown off here to play the clip. Mm-hmm. Um, here's a clip that actually involves a guest who's on right now, but is not written by them. This is from Robbie. And he says, with Kelly on the podcast this week, I thought it'd be the perfect time to submit a rethought out idea for D&D. Yes. Instead of playing a quest on the pod, you and Rob could have a similar conversation to Get Dragged or Superheroes with Renap guests and my personal dungeon masters, KW and Tommy Touchdowns. All right. So, Kelly, you're a big D&D person. Yes, uh, Tommy and I ran a big series of like one night D and D campaigns. I didn't know Touchdown Tommy was a big D and D person. Also, Mm -hmm. you thought he was cool. You're saying? (laughs) Well, he's a Bills fan too. Yeah, that's so much common. Going through a table today. Yeah, but yeah, Tommy is a great D and D. He is very knowledgeable. He knows uh, a lot about D and D as well. Mm -hmm. Hmm. All right, so uh, Robbie continues, and he says. uh, you would spend the podcast developing your characters, race, half-elf, Baird, etc., orientation, chaotic, neutral, name, etc. This allows you to get familiar with the aspects of D&D, but f- doesn't force you to commit to a quest, which takes more time. Also, if Rob's more into it, he could follow it up with D&D patron activity with Stephen Fishback, where a quest would make more sense time-wise. Mm. Mm-hmm. Are so you what do you think, in Rob? making your D&D character? This is the closest I've come to saying yes to a D&D pitch. Mm-hmm. But let me ask you a question. Yeah. This is like... Are people it, going it, to say you're a nerd? No, I don't care about that. <laughs> I don't care about that. Are people going to say up, I'm a nerd? <laughs> no, no, no. It, it comes up on the wheel in like five weeks. Okay. Yeah. Great guess. Kelly, touchdown Tommy. Are people excited that like Robin and Kiva learning about D&D that week? Or, are they, or is that like a skip? I lean towards that it's a skip, honestly. Hmm. I, I could I could be swayed. I don't know if it's a poll. People like to make fun. I do the polls or if, uh, mm-hmm. you know, just general feedback. But I, I don't think that's like a tent poll idea. I'm not sure. That's fair. I feel like a poll would be good. I will say with the other D&D ideas um, in general, like. So I would say describing D&D, it's really similar to when you guys did the escape room, which I think you guys did like, like just playing in general. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I don't know if that's helpful or not to sway you more into the D&D realm. Um, but there is a lot to talk about with making characters and like you can go into a lot of really weird D&D Can you tell stuff. us about your character real quick, Kelly? Let's see if that's interesting. Oh, well, the last time that I played, I was playing a magician slash human named job and i wrote a segue okay so i basically based it off of job from arrested development yes yes and went with that because you can make your character anything you want what do you think about that akiva mm-hmm. um yeah i guess mine would be urkel based <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay. i don't know I will uh, say, like, the character creation, I think, is not as compelling as actually doing a quest. I think a quest would be more fun if um, you got the right DM who could make it really specific to an app. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, set it in Omaha. But is, there, but is there a way to play it in one episode? That would be the most challenging thing, um, especially depending on how many people you wanted on the podcast. Like, you could do a quest with just the two of you. Mm-hmm. Um, and in that case, I think you could do it, like, the premise could be that your recording equipment broke and that you need to go seek out new recording equipment. And how do you go about doing that while well, running into various, you know, NPCs who might be evil? Maybe Milkbag comes back. I don't know. NPCs. Those are non-playing characters, Akiva. Oh, how do you know that, Rob? 
I know I know things. Okay. All right. I guess you're a D&D guy all along. Mm-hmm. I didn't know. Yeah. I don't want to pressure anyone into anything, though. <laughs> yeah, but I maybe a poll is the way to go. That might be interesting. Think, maybe if we get a, the will of the people, let's see what the what the consensus is. Mm-hmm. Uh, McKelly, do you have any uh, fresh ideas other than the ones I'm I'm searching out from three years ago in the uh, in my emails? I only really had one, which was the crappy movie diaper for February. Perhaps should be romantic comedies that are bad. Hmm. Okay, do you have one in mind? I, I think it's a good idea. We do have, I think, a shortage of uh, movies right now. In the yeah, crappy we movie knocked diaper. out two recently. Mm-hmm. Well, we don't have. A sh- I, I see we have six left. We have Kazam, Mac, and Me Cats. Theodore Rex, Chairman of the Board, and Weekends of Bernie Sue. Honestly, yeah. a, a murderer's row there. By the way, Akiva, do you know that I'm watching a Whoopi series right now on Post Show Recaps? What what series? The Stand. Oh, I didn't know Whoopi's in The oh. Stand. Yes. She plays Mother mm-hmm. Abigail. Is she... Uh, that's interesting. Is she, she is like a, a main character? Uh, pretty main. Mm-hmm. Pretty big deal. Yeah. No, I didn't know. You um, didn't see the yeah, original if- one, did you? The original the miniseries, stand? yeah. I think I read the book. I think Whoa. I read the Stephen King book, okay. but i i haven't I haven't seen any of the. I've seen very few Steve Stephen King TV shows or movies. Um, Kelly, is there a particular romantic comedy you have in mind? Because um, I think it's a good idea to to add one for February, but I don't have one in mind. And maybe listeners will. Yeah, um, there's a couple. I was okay. Well, Jack and Jill, the classic from Survivor. I, don't I think know that's ever been. Watched. Yeah, I think that's canceled. That that. People okay. Were, people, were, people asked us specifically not to watch Jack and Jill. Gotcha. Yeah. From Justin to Kelly, the musical oh. with Justin Guarini and uh, mm-hmm. Kelly Clarkson. Is that really a romantic comedy? Are they in love in that in that I'm movie? Pretty sure they fall yeah, in I think love. So. You know, we already watched Spice World. That's the other like cla- like you know two of the worst movies of all time. Yeah. Do you have do I have it? Do um, we have in this like our stomachs to well, watch from Justin to Kelly? Kelly, what uh, what do you think about one of those like terrible like celebrity uh, movies that are like the holiday based of like uh, I don't even know Ooh, if Valentine's they are like Day? Valentine yeah New Year's Day like I feel like there's yeah. like three or four of them where it's like they have like a like a celebrity for like uh, one shooting day. Mm-hmm. I think New Year's Day is supposed to be pretty bad, but I'm sure Valentine's Day is also very bad. Mm-hmm. Is Aniston in one of those? I feel like that anything that's friends adjacent. She should be if she's not. Hmm. She might be soon. I don't know what she's up to lately. Yeah. By the way, uh, I think that uh, I was listening to Shannon Gus when she was on the uh, Puya's 24-hour live stream. And she had a, she could have had a TED Talk, a Renapex Talk of why Ross is the greatest character on Friends. Yeah, I heard that was uh, uh, like, I mean, I'm famously anti-ross but i heard uh, she really went hard in the paint on on yeah. liking ross yeah it did not have a powerpoint but i think it, it easily could have had one mm-hmm. Wait, how many wing how many nuggets do you think you could eat in an hour rob in an hour mm-hmm. i mean i think i could do uh a lot i don't i wouldn't want to i think is mm-hmm. the uh the you know i think i i can be a bottomless pit if i wanted to mm-hmm. you know that's why you know, people think I don't want to talk about food. It's because I can't control myself. It's like I have a problem. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I'll try to um, really be in moderation. Okay. This is from Bry Guy Brazil. Mm-hmm. And we're done talking he, about New Year's Day? Oh, um, what, aren't those all like Nancy Myers movies or something? Doesn't she make all of them? I don't know. Who's Nancy Myers? She's think- like a famous director who I think maybe recently died. I'm not sure. 
Kelly, am I making this stuff up? Could you fact check? That sounds correct to me, but let me double check for you. Hmm. I I do think we could do a rom-com, but I think we'd need the maybe person who's like particularly passionate about a certain rom-com. Nancy Myers is still with us. Just so nice. (laughs) Nice. She did not direct any of those movies, though. So I'm mixing them. I'm mixing her up with somebody who did die. Maybe it's a guy. I don't know. Getting a lot of getting a lot of uh, like tweets right now. Like you idiot. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows that New Year's Day was directed by. It's like they're like very schlocky. What who made those movies? Like you, you know what we're talking about. Like Rob, they're they have like a lot of they have thirty you know big <laughs> yeah. names in the credits. But as you said, all of them were there New for year's exactly Eve? like. I think it's Gary Marshall. Gary Marshall. Yeah, well, he's dead, right? Oh, I'm clicking as fast as I can. He died in Nancy Myers and yeah. Gary Marshall. Yeah. By the way, R.I.P. Tommy Lasorda, who came up uh, only a, only a couple of weeks ago on the podcast. Yeah, here's the cast of New Year's Eve, by directed by Gary Marshall. R.I.P. From 2011. Halle Berry, Jessica Biel, John Bon Jovi, Abigail Breslin, Ludacris, Robert De Niro, Zac Efron. I'm just skipping like some mm-hmm. of them. Uh, Catherine Heigl, Ashton Kutcher, Seth Meyers, Leah Michelle, S.J.P. Michelle Pfeiffer, Hilary Swank, and Sofia Vergara. But how many of them are in it for more than like for more than a couple scenes? Probably none. Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't. That doesn't really excite me. Uh, <laughs> made a lot of money. New Year's Eve. Yeah, because they had all these stars. They tr- they basically trick people into coming. <laughs> yes. What do you think? What do you think? Like SJP is getting for like a day or two on set for that movie. Like, what are the big names getting? Are they getting a couple million dollars? No, I think it's probably like they get them like, um, I don't know, probably like maybe like six figures, but it's like two days. I mean, some of these people aren't showing up for, for, you know, anything less than a mil, probably. 5.7 on IMDb. So it's not that crappy, honestly. Mm -hmm. Um, Can I pitch you back crossover episodes from Bry Guy Brazil? Okay. Uh, that you, do you want to hear about Valentine's Day? The other movie yes, that's please. like that? Yeah, who's in that? Valentine's, Valentine's Day yeah. has uh, Jessica Alba, uh, mm-hmm. Kathy Bates, Jessica mm-hmm. Beale. They've got just both the Jessicas. Uh, Bradley mm-hmm. Cooper, Eric Dane, Patrick Dempsey. Um, they've got Jamie Foxx, Jennifer Garner. Oh, they wait, got Jennifer uh, Garner, too. Topher Grace, Anne Hathaway, Ashton Kutcher. Like a whole 70s show reunion. And I think Taylor Swift as well. Yeah, and and Taylor Lautner. They got both the Taylors mm, and Queen Latifah. Everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Valentine's Day came first. Mm-hmm. What's it? I, I feel like it's too. They're too, they're like not bad enough, maybe for the diaper. Oh, they're not, they're, they're, just they're nothing. the worst. They're terrible. Really? All right. Well, if somebody's really passionate, wants to guide us through those movies, I'm mm-hmm. I'm, I'm up for it. I'm not I that think because they're all they're okay, all like fine. the Love Actually knockoff. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Never, I don't think I've ever seen Love Actually, Rob. I have not. Me neither. All right. So Brian Brazil says, "What about a new uh, Fishbowl Crab movie diaper like mechanism for crossover episodes? Ep- episodes." That have characters from different shows meeting up that could lead to some great podcasting. You there could be coverage for both shows. You could bring in a fan representative for each show if you want. These crossover episodes tend to be a bit kooky from the jump, just to get the two shows interact. So I don't think you'll be stepping on mm. any two beloved toes. Here are some examples that I have found, says Bright Guy Brazil. Hmm. Sabrina meets Boy Meets World. Full House meets Family Matters. The Power Rangers meets Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Alf meets Gilligan's Island. Okay. How those shows are? Aren't those shows like many decades apart in when they aired? Mm-hmm. 
the mask meets ace ventura i thought those were movies and the jeffersons meets french fresh prince of bel-air is there a crossover yeah i don't know what that that's i mean i guess they were like maybe saturday morning cartoons the mask and ace ventura the uh the most famous crossover of all time rob what would you say it is the jetsons and the flintstones it's got to be the jetsons and the flintstones i think that's the most famous of all time Mm -hmm. yeah Okay. Uh, I don't know. I think this is there's too much going on here in this one podcast. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I'm not I'm not married to that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Not well, even not even dating it. Not even swipe and left. What's bad? Left or right? What's the if you left like somebody swipe bad, right? right? Yeah, left mm-hmm. is bad. Okay. Um Netflix series are weird, says the youngest Neil. I believe this is like a child or somebody yeah. writing in. How weird. Uh, or uh, he says there are a lot of things on Netflix that are beyond comprehension. Some examples are Example Show. That's the that's the actual name of the show. You have to watch that with subtitles. Sparks and Elephant's Dream. So there's a lot of weird. Ne- Do you want to watch the weirdest stuff on Netflix? If it's weird and incomprehensible, then I don't know what what, what are we watching it for. Yeah, the youngest Neil. Get us back to stuff that would like be fun podcasting, but is also weird. And I'm I'm willing to talk about mm-hmm. it. Yeah, somebody has to care. Like that that's what I've learned on this podcast is that like there's somebody there has to be like uh you know e- either care enough or be able to explain to us why we need to care. Mhm. All right, more ideas from the youngest Neil because if you're a little kid, I mean the youngest Neil might be 25 and they're just saying no one younger than them is mm-hmm. named Neil. Like Neil is it, like the youngest Neil is someone who's 25. Anyway, uh, a mailbag idea. Rob and Akiva need a wheel. Akiva presents Rob with an idea and then says, "You or you could pick the idea behind doors number one, two, or three. There could be a better idea behind another door or Zonk, a.k.a. a terrible idea. Yeah. Whatever Rob ends up picking goes on the wheel. I don't even so understand I, what this is. This, this so sounds like, like a I'm, mailbag. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it is a mailbag. It's like a let's make a deal mailbag. Let's make a, let's make a wheel. Let's make a wheel. Okay. Uh, interesting. So, I don't know. It's sort of like de- wheel or no wheel. Uh, it's cute, but it, there's not enough there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you're like seven, then I... Incredible props. If you're like 25, less so. Yeah. Um, Neil. Uh, Kat says, what about designing women? It's an American sitcom about the lives of four women and one man working together in an interior designing forum in 1980s Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, it lasted seven seasons mm-hmm. from 86 to 93. Uh, and here is the outline for S3E7 called, but they're really great curtains. Sugar Baker and Associates is short on money, but they're about to find a great deal of curtains to decorate a motel until the shop that makes them goes on strike. Akiva, do you want to watch Designing Women? No, of course not. What what are we doing? I don't know. It's also a strike-breaking episode. They're like literally scabs. Scabs? Yeah, listen. Well, I wanted to read it. The sugar. So they go on strike. They they realize that they could. They have a great deal. Wait, to the design. actors are scabs. Just just listen. Okay. So Sugar Baker Associates, which I'm assuming is the interior designing firm in 1980s Atlanta, Georgia, is short on money, but they have a big deal to decorate a motel until the shop that makes their curtains goes on strike. The women decide to go there and sew them themselves, where they wow. see the conditions which prompted the strike in the first place. Ah, so maybe it's maybe they they start off as scabs, but then it's like a very special yeah. episode. I thought you were saying like the actors were on strike and they brought in like scabs to play the designing women. That would be. Has there ever been a show <laughs> where they're just like like fake Jerry this week? Mm-hmm. Yeah, or or they're just like, oh, today this this episode is about the other characters that live next door. So no, no, no interest here. Mm-hmm. 
And let me just give a piece of advice. If, if somebody wants to pitch us Designing Women, like, here's why you guys need to watch this episode of Designing mm-hmm. Women. Right. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Mm-hmm. Um, Designing Women world. will be interesting to talk about for the Renap audience because. Mm-hmm. Yes, you need to, you need like a mission statement. Yeah, I've never heard of this show. You never heard of it? No. Yeah. I mean, you live in Canada. Delta I think Burke, you're younger than us. I believe, is one of the designing women. Hmm. Um, Holly's idea is called Robin Akiva fall in love for real. Is this Holly from the, that we talked to that David I, Henry? I think first of all that Holly's with an I, and this is with a Y. Second okay. of all, there's no way she's sending in mailbag ideas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no chance. Uh, here's a winner idea, Say she less. says. Robin Akiva, oh. fall in love. Robin Akiva do a podcast where they read and answer the 36 questions meant to make any two people fall in love with each other. These questions get progressively deeper, but each one will undoubtedly lead to banter, and obviously we can ask the question Wait, what at is the this? End like, if- we're going to get hypnotized to be in love with each other? I think so. Uh, hmm. Robin Akiva, fall in love as much as Nicole might be worried about. Here are the questions in the original New York Times article that inspired this movement. Wait, hold on. Did you give a disclaimer? What's the disclaimer? I mean, you're going to start asking these questions first off that, you know, uh, that you, you first, you, you might end up with Kelly falling in love with you at the end of this. She's wait, engaged. So if we, um, if, so if we just mention the questions on air, I don't know how it, it works. Does that mean all the listeners are going to fall in love with us? Like the, what's the difference between Kelly and, and, and just, a, you know, another listener who's listening. Maybe you guys want that. I don't know. To fall in love with each other? Oh, I didn't know. For all of the listeners to be madly in Hip- love with hypnotized. With both of you. Mm. Yeah. Can I read can I read yeah. you the first question, Rob? Okay. Given the choice of anyone in the world, whom would you want as a dinner guest? Well, why does that gonna make me fall in love with somebody? I think it gets progressively, you know, um, deeper. Deeper. Okay. Yeah. That's like a, a shallow first question. Oh boy. Um all right. What is your most treasured memory? That's like a middle one. It's a middle one. Okay. What do you think? Do you think we'll fall in love if we do this? <laughs> are you ner- are you nervous about falling in love? Um, not really. Yeah, me neither. Kelly, what do you think is going to happen if we do this? I mean, I feel like the you know the dinner question could lead to some fun banter depending on how deep they really go i just don't want people to think you're like making fun of it but but i kind of like it but kelly who's gonna be mad for making fun of the 36 questions yeah maybe there's hey i'm a romantic and i don't appreciate that you're Mm -hmm. mocking the 36 questions and that's how i met my wife yeah you never know turn these on your fiance kelly and and see like see how it goes uh, 100% and I will not give him any context. I'll just start mm-hmm. asking. Mm-hmm. Okay. Give me another one. Give me another one. Give me another one. Questions. Um, well, I lost my... Uh, it's a New York Times thing and I lost my like uh, X number of m- a month. So you have to hold on a second. Mm-hmm. You know, you only get like five articles a month or something. So let me read something else in the, uh, in the interim. Um, yeah, that was, that was from Holly. Um, how about this? Cody says, listeners provide half-baked podcast ideas... And RAA, I guess that's Rob and Akiva, mm-hmm. pimp them out into a full-fledged podcast. This episode is called Pimp My Podcast. Okay. So, they're ideas for the wheel, or they're people that they have podcasts, and then they we like uh, are coming in, and we're sort of like helping people workshop their podcast ideas? Uh, I think they're, they're pitches. I think it's half-baked podcast. I mean, I think either us. one's interesting. I don't think we're like 
getting people on the road with their own podcast. That is interesting, but I think it's like, mm-hmm. ha- here's a half-baked pitch. Can you guys make it fully baked? I don't know. I mean, I kind of liked it m- maybe more if people are coming in with their podcasts and then we're, and we're giving them advice. Can I, Kelly, can I, can I share the, the advice that I gave you during the mailbag break? Definitely. Yes. Yeah. That, so Kelly has a, uh, she's started a, a Nathan for you rewatch series called Nathan for us with her podcast partner, Megan. And it's called Nathan for us with, Megan and Kelly. And I said, you got to change that because people are going to think it's Nathan for us with Megan Kelly. Yeah. And I don't think Megan Kelly has ever watched Nathan for I you. I think that that's going to be a turnoff for some people. But I'm not listening to her. Mm-hmm. I don't want to hear Megan Kelly talk about Nathan for you. Yeah. No, I think I that said, sounds like a nightmare. Kelly and Megan. Yeah. Yeah, so you you made that from a half-baked podcast into a fully-baked podcast. <laughs> I feel like, that. look, I Akiva has three and a half podcasts. I, mm-hmm. I do uh, many different versions of the same podcast. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, we can help people out if they have half-baked ideas. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rob, I have a question for you. What would constitute a perfect day for you? <laughs> um, I wake up. And then I that I have nothing to do at all the mm-hmm. entire day. Oh, it sounds amazing! Mm-hmm. Like there's no guys- podcast, there's nothing. There's no. I, I, I go to my Gmail and there's no no emails, and everything is fine. Everything's just getting taken care of, and I don't have to do anything. Um. Yeah. No. That that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, uh, Kelly, I have a question for you. <laughs> Careful. I'm ready. <laughs> If you could wake up tomorrow having gained any one quality or ability, what would it be? The ability to not have to sleep. Oh, why? Because wow. you would be so productive. I would be so productive. I, I would love get so sleeping. Much done. I love sleeping. Yeah, Kelly, you would like that. That's a good. Put that on the census. If you could be mm-hmm. awake twenty four hours a day and never be tired, or uh, or not, what would you pick? Yeah, add that to the census. Could mm-hmm. be so great. I feel like you're a doer. That means like you like to get stuff done. I, I there are times like I don't want to go to sleep. Like I, I have so many hobbies. So I, and, and you know, plus I have like a family life and, and a job. So I do get it. Like there are times I'm sort of too busy to sleep, but I like sleeping more than almost anything else. I mean, hmm. it's fine. But like, if I didn't have to do mm-hmm. it, I wouldn't do it. Well, fine. So follow up question. Is there something that you've dreamed of doing for a long time? And why haven't you done it? She doesn't want to dream. She wants to be awake all the time. <laughs> yeah, do you exactly. have night terrors, Kelly? I do sometimes have night terrors. Oh, see, that goes hand yeah. in hand. What do you value most in a friendship? Good conversation. Oh, what yeah. do you think, Rob? <sighs> what do you value most in a friendship? Um, that's a hard a- question for me. What if we? What if we had two listeners that we pick out? And we have them fall in love with each other on the air. And we could like, like banter back and forth. I about like their that. Answer. That's fun. Like we pick two people. Yeah. And then they, we have them ask the questions. They have to be interesting people. Mm-hmm. But we'll also sort of be answering it for ourselves. Like maybe we'll fall. In, maybe it's like two different couples. It's like me and you and then like an actual first date couple. And I don't think we need the first date couple. Oh, so you Less think it's just me and you? Yeah. I already really? I think heaven. that could be yeah. good. 
Well, we're going to heaven. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. So, uh, a lot of friendship questions here. Yeah. I feel like that, if anything, I could see this as like almost like a sequel to, you know, what, what was it? Like 88 question AMA, like mm-hmm. road trip questions. I feel like that we've had like different versions of this on the wheel. Mm-hmm. So. Ah, I guess. Look, uh, I... It sounded more interesting when you said if you read these 36 questions, any person will fall in love. But I don't think it's real. I think it's hype. Complete this sentence, Rob. I wish I had someone with whom I could share blank. I wish I had someone that I could share. Hmm. It's not pizza crust. (laughs) You wouldn't want to share pizza crust, right? Yeah, I I don't know. I, I feel like that I'm I'm fine. Do you have any bowl buddies, Rob? Bowl buddies? Yeah. So we talked about on on NGOG like that. Like if I eat from a bowl, like who would eat? Oh, from it? that is not what I thought. No, no, bowl buddy. Would you if like everyone in your house if they were eating like pad thai lo mein and they're like half done? Are you finishing that if if you're hungry? If it was my kids, I guess. So just but those are the only like you would are those your only bowl buddies? Your kids and your wife. Uh, I I don't have a friend that if they had a half-eaten bowl of lo mein that I would you don't have any friends that you're bowl buddies with. I don't have any friends to begin with, and second of all, mm-hmm. what about I, Danny Bryson? Yeah, I, I, well, I, that he definitely would not finish anybody else's bowl of lo mein. Mm-hmm. You think Tyson would? Tyson would. Yeah, Kelly, do you have bowl buddies? I do. I'm I'm pretty bad. Like I'll eat I'll eat leftover stuff from my friends. Mm-hmm. But I'm kind of gross. And I used to be a public health inspector, so I feel like I should be better about that. <laughs> so maybe you're maybe you're mm-hmm. the person people don't want to be bowl buddies with. Yeah. All right. All right. That's enough for the 36 questions for now. So you want to do it? You don't want to do it? I mean, we already went over a few yeah. questions. Wait, is, wait, is bowl buddies uh, one of no. the 36 questions? No, not at all. Not okay. at all. We were just talking about sharing something with a partner. So it made me think of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Now, I've I've never thought about finishing off another person's bowl of lo mein. I mean, I'll do it. Mm-hmm. By, I used the, to be example, bowl buddies with a lot of people in college, though. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. My okay. my kids always bring up that one time we went to a restaurant and we were ordering it to go and we were waiting a while and this guy got up without eating his French fries and I was picking his French fries off his plate while we were waiting next to like the register. Mm-hmm. And I thought he looked like a nice, clean guy. Uh, who probably didn't touch the French fries, but they still bring it up like it's the grossest thing they've ever seen, even though it's obviously perfectly normal. Yeah, so finish this story out for me. So that there was a man who left French fries on a tray and you just ate the the French fries that are there? Some of them, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Eh, I feel like that's not the worst thing I've heard. No, Not I'm, like I'm ha- sure I've done like worse. his half of a burger or something like that. No, I wouldn't do that. I, I would like he didn't bite from any of the fries I, I ate. Yeah. Kelly, that's fine. As a former health inspector, that's fine, right? Um, I wouldn't recommend it, especially not right now. But yeah, well, it was yeah, it was pre-COVID. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't do it now. I mean, I probably wouldn't do it now. Don't test me, but I probably wouldn't do it now. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about what's on the wheel right now. Season three, mm-hmm. episode seven. Oh, are we still allowed to watch things? Yeah, well, oh, please, we're allowed to watch things. Yeah. Uh, the coin flip is that ineligible for this week? No, I don't think so. Okay. Uh, the crappy movie diaper. Mm-hmm. Mount Rushmore. The people. Mount Rushmore uh, this is an old one. This is all. I'm like an old uh, Mount Rushmore. Is, yeah, what? This is. You know, sometimes I open the wrong the wrong thing. Okay, the wrong mm-hmm. version of the wheel. Sorry about that. What about Mount Rushmore? Is that ever going to come back? 
I don't think so. You don't think so? Wow. I mean, maybe like, what if we rebranded a top five baby and we went from top fours to top fives? No, Mount Rushmore is a thing. Okay. Maybe we'll do another Mount Rushmore. Okay. Yeah, I liked you guys describing the statue. Really helped me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Who's on the Mount Rushmore of Bill's quarterbacks, Kelly? <laughs> oh, no. Don't put me on the spot Who is like it? This. Josh Allen, Jim Kelly, Doug Flutie. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Yeah. Those are the only and ones who, I can think of, yeah. personally. And who else? Akiva, who's number four? Um, I'm trying to think. Who was, like their, who was their AFL QB? Was, it, was Jim Hart of Bill's? I don't, I don't remember. Hmm. I'm blanking now. Is it Tyrod Taylor? No, I don't think Tyrod is in the top four. <laughs> Let's see. Oh, is it EJ Manuel? Oh, yeah. Whatever happened to EJ Manuel? Hmm. That's a good pick. I was going to yeah. say my mom is yelling at the podcast if she's listening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, uh, Joe Ferguson and Jack Kemp. That's what I was thinking of. Oh, Jack. Okay. Yeah. Jack Kemp. Former. Did did he run for? Uh, he was mm-hmm. in the. Yeah. He was. Yeah. He was in Congress. Yeah. Okay. All right. So uh, let let's talk about uh, what's going on here for what's on the wheel right now. Sorry, the current version of the wheel coming up here. Sorry about that, everybody. A little bit of a snafu. See if everybody's paying attention. All right. So. Uh, season three, episode seven. Uh, no coin flip. Crappy movie diaper. People's choice. The Price is Right. You are a Shark Week. Spinoffs are trash. Robin Akiva invented game show, and guess what, Kelly? That is uh slipping deeper into the quicksand. Unfortunate. Why you would like to hear us invent the game show? Um, I mean, I'm kind of mad on it. It's fine. Okay, yeah. well that's why it's in quicksand. Kelly. But I feel bad for whoever came up with the idea. I don't mm. even know who came up with it. Mm. I try not to, you know, mix business and pleasure here. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I don't know what that means. <laughs> sequel mechanism. Uh, match game. HGTV mm-hmm. shows are trash. Uh, mm-hmm. Star Trek. Robin, if you get tracked. AITA. Uh, Gen Z shows are trash. Maybe, Akiva, should we have to get that boomer zoomer idea? Should we have an older person, someone who is like uh, one of our 60 plus listeners, be watching the Gen Z shows? I mean, I think uh, Jason Curtis Rivera has like a, a okay. list of who's of watching, but okay. may, it's not a bad idea. I do think it's a good idea. Maybe we could get like a boomer on for one of those three shows or something. Okay. And then the best week ever. All right. Talking What's best week ever? That's with Chappelle and talking about everything that's going on over the course of any given week. And gonna... podcast happy hour. Yes. Okay. Got to add that to the, the list. I believe that's eligible because that was technically added last week, I think. Yes. Okay. Per Will from America. All right. So we will add. Stacked uh, wheel. Yes. Dummy thick, Kelly, what do you, you say? You... Dummy thick. Kelly, what are you rooting for? Anything in particular? I kind of like the podcast happy hour, but I know it's a lot of work. <laughs> No, I think we're ha- listen, work, watching, listening podcasts. That's the what that's what we do. We'll listen to those accidentally anyway. Plus, I'm looking forward to like getting some new podcasts in there. Okay. All right. Do you have a, do you have a suggestion for the podcast for podcast happy hour, Kelly? Um, is there a specific genre or can it just be anything? Anything. Anything. Are you gonna pitch Nathan for us, your own podcast? <laughs> I will not pitch my own podcast. I listen to a podcast about movies called Blank Check, which is pretty fun. Yeah, I listened to that already. That's very good. Oh. Okay. You can always do my favorite murder, the classic. David. Yeah. All right. So here we go. In that wheel, baby. Episode 116 coming up. Let's see what's on the wheel. Okay. Let's see. It is 
The crappy movie diaper. Uh oh, that's watching something. <laughs> Are people gonna mass exodus? All right. Will people unsubscribe to the podcast? I don't think so. All right. All right. Let's re. I, I happen to have said them um, a bunch of times already, but let's let's go over them. Kazam! That is that is the Shack movie, and that will have Third Wheel Zach with us. Mac and me. It's been here the longest. Rob is really looking forward to that one. Mm-hmm. Cats. Uh oh. Ooh, what a fun week that would be if we had to watch Cats next week. Theodore Rex. That is from the uh, the the Whoopi Cushion. Yeah. Weekend at Bernie's too. <laughs> yes. And Chairman of the Board. The Carrot Top movie. Oh, oh man, gosh. that would be brutal. Um, <laughs> Kelly. Kelly, can you pick a number? Four of the dice. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, between one and what? Anything? Uh, anything. One and anything. Uh, 54. Okay. 54 means next week we are watching Kazam. Wow. Ooh, okay. Love that. Now, why, how did 54 end up being Kazam? Uh, I just made it, I made everything work the, uh, the opposite. So, Chairman of the Board was one, Weekend of Bernie's was two, Th- Theodore Rex was three, Cats was four, Mac and Me was five, and Kazam was six. So, nine times six is 54 is Kazam. Okay. All right. Um, we used to have an actual crappy movie diaper, but it got lost in my move. Mm-hmm. I don't have any kids in diapers. Right now. Should, I, should I have another kid just for the crappy movie diaper sake? Plus, I win $20 on that bet. Okay. Um, I, I don't know. Now, is Third Wheel Zach part of that? Yes, he is part of it. Was Third it, Wheel was, Zach is What was this originally? Week. Was this like Shaq Attack that we were looking at more than, more than, than just Kazam? Do you want to watch two Shaq movies no, next No, it's fine. Yeah. That's fine. Yes. Yes. That was part of one of the, one of the options. Okay. Kazam and is Kazam streaming anywhere? Uh, <laughs> Kelly, do you know of the film uh, Kazam? I do. Um, I remember. I believe you guys talked about on Conspirapod the Mandela effect, where people thought that it was a different movie. Yes. Um, and that's actually mostly where I know of it. Oh, but I, I will watch Kazam. It looks like Kazam is on Disney Plus. So hooray for. <laughs> Love to see it. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. Uh, while hiding from a gang of school bullies in an abandoned building, 12-year-old Max accidentally kicks a battered boombox, freeing a 7-foot, 3,000-year-old genie who will grant him three wishes. There you go. All right, I'm excited. The 1996 film, one hour and 33 minutes. All right, Perfect I'm going to also I'm gonna make a dec- declaration. Yep. For next week, because yep. if some people aren't into watching, mailbag next week, Among Us mailbag. What do you think about that? Oh well, you could that. Uh, if you if anything Among Us is going to be great, I I don't want to hear about people don't want to hear us watch things. That's what this podcast is. <laughs> this is the dumbest complaint. I think I think it was more of a uh, like there was no variety because four weeks in a row we watched stuff. Even though I, I liked all those watching stuff, Family Matters was great. All of them were good. None of those episodes were 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 boring. I mean, mm-hmm. last week we weren't dying to talk about Boy Meets World, but it was still a fun app. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, no. All right. Are you good with that though? Fun mailbag next week. I'm, if somebody is not holishing to to watch watch uh, Kazam. Hmm. And uh, yeah, we have. I think uh, Karen from Canada is setting that up for us. Yeah. The, uh, Among Us mailbag. By the way, the listeners do not have to watch the movie. They should. I do. I believe it's in the contract. They are supposed. You to don't watch have the movie. to. Kelly, do you ever watch what we're what we're watching? 
I watched The Fanatic with you guys. Mm-hmm. I, I honestly movie. don't. I don't regret watching The Fanatic. Like some of the movies are bad but fun, and some are bad but like loveless. I think next week will be bad but fun. I think Kazam is supposed to be like so bad it's good kind of movie. So yeah. I think people should watch it. Yeah, I actually prefer the movies, I think, to the season three, episode seven, because I kind of feel like that the season three, episode seven is just like a little bit of a slice of a show. And I think mm-hmm. that more like my, the appeal for me of the season three, episode seven is going to talk about a series at large, whereas I feel like that the movie is we're just talking about the movie. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I Some of the movies were, you know, Eddie was very fun. The fanatic we had a great time with. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm with you. I think there is it's an easier podcast. Some of the shows are like I, Family Matters had like a rich enough story Gil, um not gilmore girls mm-hmm. uh, golden girls also but some of the episodes i agree are not great and sometimes an episode's great like criminal minds like that was just a fun episode to go over but sometimes the episode is i think going forward with the fishbowl and maybe we could even have somebody we could designate somebody to be like the person who goes through the ones that are in the fishbowl like look at the show's actual season three episode seven and see if is there anything on the bone there and if it's, there's not maybe we toss it out of the fishbowl mm-hmm. about that yeah there has to be like enough to talk about like the series like as a whole yeah yeah, like, so maybe as, if someone wants to be the designated uh, goer-thrower of season three, episode right. seven. And there needs to be passion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, well, that's how we're going to get into with the 36 questions, because at the <laughs> end, there's supposed to be a lot of passion. Yeah. All right. After blacks. All right. Mm-hmm. So, Kelly, thank you so much for putting together Renap X. Okay, uh, so t- tell us where people could check out all of your podcasts. Yeah, um, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Kelly, K-E-L-L-Y, the word double, and the word U. Okay, Kelly, (laughs) then the word double, and the letter U. The word U. Y-O-U? Yes. Yeah, D-O-U-B-L-E. It's Uh... a good... See, Rob, I think it's a good Twitter handle to to view, but an impossible one to explain. Yes, that is the issue. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Rob hates it. That's okay. Mm, yeah. We did have a pimp my handle uh, uh, suggestion again this week. A lot of people want us to go through and fix their Twitter handles and bios. My problem that's for is, next mailbag. my name is very common. So, like, that was the closest I could come to anything. I like, my name. I like her Twitter handle, Rob. I think Kelly W is a good Twitter handle. I'm surprised she got it almost. I think I could probably get a Kiva W today if I really want. <laughs> oh, <laughs> go with the branding. Yeah. Is it because we're in love now? Yeah. It's too long, though. It's too long, Akiva W. <laughs> yeah. And Kelly W. That, like, I, the best part about my Twitter name is it's only six letters. Mm. Um, but yeah, you can follow me. I have a podcast where me and my co host Megan talk about action movies. It's called Cool Girls Look at Explosions. And Ooh. we have a podcast called Nathan for Us, where we talk about Nathan for you with Kelly and Megan. Kelly and Megan, not Megan Kelly. <laughs> so you have the same co host for two different podcasts. <laughs> yeah, we made a deal. To, to podcast about both. <laughs> one for you and one for me. Exactly. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, Kelly, this was fantastic. Follow mm-hmm. at Kelly W on social media. All right. And Akiva W, well, how, yes. how are you doing? I'm doing great. Um, what do I have going on this week? We got a lot of NFL football. Yeah. I, I hope the 32 fans people don't get on me. I'm missing a big chunk of the Rams Seahawks game by doing this, but I'll be there for the end of the yeah, game. You didn't have to dox yourself. I know, but I, I'm I'm nothing if not if not an open book, Rob. Mm-hmm. And then, um, yeah, uh, NGOG this week we had Grace on the great Grace, Grace leader, uh, sure, yes, um, who uh, we talked about New Girl with, and uh, what we do on 
the 32 fans. I don't know. We talked about football and we and we also Chester and Av ranked the 20 best TV episodes of last year on the Patreon episode. Mm-hmm. I was there, but I didn't have much. to. I didn't watch a lot of TV this year. I didn't have much to contribute. Yeah. I would never feel like I've seen enough television to be able to tell anybody what the best episodes were. The best, no, the best 20 shows. Sorry, not episodes. Mm-hmm. Best 20 shows. Yeah, no, the best episode was just people were talking about that, how to win or how to, how to with John Wilson, the last episode of that people really liked. Mm-hmm. Are, now, are they the best episodes or was it like Chester's top 20? No, it was top 20 shows. Top 20 it was shows. Chester's yeah. top 20 shows and Oz's top 20 shows. And they each had different lists. Mm-hmm. I only had watched, I think my favorite show over last year was probably Dave. Mm-hmm. But I hadn't watched uh, many other shows. Uh, Kelly, what was the number one show of 2020 for you? I really liked How To with John Wilson. Um, mm-hmm. I really liked the Netflix documentary Cheer as well. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was that feels like it was seven years ago. But yeah, I, I remember that. All right. So thank you so much. We'll be back uh, next week to watch Kazam and talk about the uh, 1996 uh, Shaquille O'Neal masterpiece. Looking forward to that. An Among Us mailbag and much more on the next episode of Robin Akiva Need a Podcast. We'll be uh, leaving you with a little bit more from Renap the Musical. And then stay tuned to hear Holly meets Henry, uh, or we we meet Henry. She already met him on our continuing coverage of Best of 2020 here on Robin Akiva Need a Podcast. Take care, everybody. Have a good one. Bye. I think we really need a podcast. But I'd need your help Can we finally seal the deal? I think we do, we need a podcast But that's not enough We have nothing if we don't at least have a small idea For this weekend, let's just pretend That we know what will be coming up next. Rob and Akiva need a podcast. I got one more podcast to do. I bet Mira's happy that I get to do two. I got one more podcast to do. And I'm just happy that I get to do it with you. Listen, Akiva, I'm sorry I peeved ya. But you know it's all in good fun. I never expected we'd all be objective. Now this new podcast has begun. Dude, are you a moron? You think that I'd move on? Leaving was never my plan. You act like an ass hat, but of course I'll come back. True. The 32 fans. Rob and Akiva need a podcast. And they need your help, can you make it onto the wheel? Rob and Akiva need a podcast, yeah they'll buy or sell your ideas, they'll talk about it till you've gotten your fill. Every weekend, better attend, you can guess what will be coming up next. Rob and Akiva need a podcast. Okay. Um, uh, you oh, know here, what? Here we go. Okay. This- oh, go ahead. Okay. Hold on. Holly, are you back?
Yes. Can you hear me? Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Great. Yeah. I've been here the whole time. Um, I didn't. No yeah, problem. I was just waiting. Yeah. We're good. We're good. So do, do you have the, your friend? I have my friend here. He's, he's standing by waiting at the ready. Okay. Uh, could we say hello? Yeah. How we doing? Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too. Uh, what, what is your name? Henry. Hi, Henry. How are you? Uh, that I'm, I'm Rob, and this is uh, my podcast co-host, Akiva. Hey, Henry. Nice to meet you guys. And we're here yep. with, uh, with Kirsten and with Isaac, and we're talking with Holly. All right, Kirsten Isaac, let's get it. Yes, and we were talking about how uh, people have uh, different profiles on Hinge, and she said that you guys were a match. We were. Yes. Okay. One of the big, one of the big important moments in my life, honestly. Yes. When I think back on it. Henry, do you mind sharing with us what are your three things on Hinge? Sure. So my three things on Hinge. Um, so normally I live in San Francisco, but I'm currently based in the DC area. That's where my family home is. Yes. Uh, right mm-hmm. now for the quarantine and everything. So the first one is a random fact I love is the bar where John Wilkes Booth planned the Lincoln assassination is now a sushi karaoke place called Walk and Roll. Whoa. Um, mm-hmm. Number that two, is a fun fact, but I will say that has wait, nothing to do with Henry. Number, yep. Number two is I'll pick the topic if you start the conversation. Top three types of cheese? Question mark. Very strong fan about that. So feel feel okay. some kind of way. Can you give us your and list then, real quick? Yeah, give us top yeah, three I mean, cheeses, please. Yeah, and we'll I mean, get Chester's not on my favorite cheese. Oh no! But you and hey, but Holly, you said you were looking for somebody who hates the things that you like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want you want someone? Yes. But, you want somebody uh, to argue with, so that's good. This is so much yeah. of a coincidence, okay. I and mean, it's got to be monster, right? My my step grandma always called it minster cheese. Uh, it's also it's monster. Yeah, I can agree on I that. I will say, I will say, it feels irresponsible to not put mozzarella up there, just based on the versatility, right? I mean, you got fresh mozzarella, you got shredded mozzarella. I mean, there's a lot going on there. Yep. And then, like, I mean, I'm a big, I'm a big like feta guy. I use feta a lot, so okay. I'm cool. With, but I can also see like creme, like you know, the fucking um, creme fresh or one of those, one of those. Okay, other, like, okay, okay. Cheeses. All right, moving past, moving past, moving past the cheese. Moving past the cheese. Again, I said right. I feel strongly All about right. it. And then the last one to, is the last one is together we could eat spicy tuna and plan an assassination at Walk and Roll. Okay, so we call back to the first thing. <laughs> yeah, that's a good callback. My problem is I feel like he's going to get booted from the app for the assassination. Yeah, talk. I don't know if you could talk about an assassination on an app. Yeah, you know, honestly, I haven't had a problem yet. So yeah. Well, we'll see. Okay, all right. I don't know. Holly, okay. is that why you swipe right? Because you were you were like you like the idea of planning an assassination while eating no, spicy, no, spicy tuna. tuna. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, so secretly I'm a psychopath, you know. Um. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. So let's then uh, ask uh, a couple questions for Henry. Henry, how do you feel about Harry Potter? All right. So honestly, I'm not a big Harry Potter person, Good. but when I saw the when I saw the like, I have a Harry Potter inspired tattoo. I'm I'm interested in getting a tattoo. I'm like tattoo curious, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. to me, it's like, oh, that's like a tattoo conversation starter. Like, I'll ask about it. You know, is it going to be like a magic wand or like hocus pocus yes. or something? I know nothing about Harry Potter, but it made me want to ask what the tattoo was okay. and where it was. Right? Okay, that's uh, Holly. Oh, can that's... you ask where it was? I don't know tattoo etiquette. Kirsten has tattoos. Um, I think if someone down. mentions their tattoo, you can ask about it. My bio used to be. Um, just another basic bee with a floral tattoo or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think you're supposed to ask where the tattoo is yeah, if I it's not like, visible. Oh, can I see the tattoo? And then it will always be like, no, because it's like... Well, I think, no, I think if somebody brings it up, you can. Yeah. When a stranger asked me if I could lift my skirt up so they could see my whole tattoo, that yeah, was weird. a no. Yeah. Yeah. But if someone's like, oh, cool tattoo, I'll be like, thanks. Okay. 
Holly, what did you yeah, say a, about that? Actually, a, a, lo- a lot of, I actually get a lot of responses to that prompt being like, where is it? Not even what is it? Not even what is it? Like, yeah, yeah. that's an X. X them out if they say People are weird about tattoos. Like, you can't oh, yeah. just ask where it is. Like, if you're going to ask what it is and then you follow it up. Yeah. With there's an order. There's like, an order. Absolutely. In the defense of those guys, though, like you learn a lot from where someone's tattoo is more than what it is. I mean, it doesn't really matter. Oh, that's it, controversial. It was, it was that's oh, good, good. That's good. We wanted. No, 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 no. He, she wants debate. She was looking for. She wanted somebody to debate with. And and, oh, and then and then Henry. I will fight him. I will fight him right here and now. Oh okay, no, no, hold no, on. No, Wait, no, 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 honestly, you guys have chemistry. Yeah, seriously, Henry. And then one last question that. How do you feel about the TV show Survivor? Yeah, never watched an episode of Survivor in my life. That prompted nothing for me. I I saw that. I was like, mm-hmm. but you know, I'll tell you this. At least it wasn't The Office or Friends or like, you know, Parks and Recreation. I don't want yeah. to see yeah. that. So Survivor, I was like, okay, I mean, like I can get behind this. You know, it's something different. Maybe I'll learn to watch it. Maybe I'll see an episode here and there. But, you know, I, I, I don't know. Yeah, that wasn't okay. like a big value. I like Henry's voice. Yeah. The, I will say, Henry, if, if you do like it, Holly will probably watch all 40 seasons with you. That's a lot of binging. <laughs> But also, um, I wanted to ask, I wanted to ask Henry, Rob, uh, and Holly, no helping. What is the number one country in the world to visit, Henry? Yeah, I, I have very limited travel experience compared to Holly. I love Portugal. That's probably my favorite one that I've okay, been. Okay, that's yeah. I respect it. I respect yeah. it. I respect okay. that. I mean, again, you're not getting the food like you probably get in Italy, but yes. Lisbon's a great city. The Azores mm-hmm. were awesome. So I feel like you're someone with that travel experience that I could lean on for more information, you hey. know? When I saw that, I, that was that was a big value plus for me. The whole like, God, I've been to so many countries. Value I can't plus, even value plus. Okay, and then <laughs> Henry, have you ever had a black bean burger? <laughs> no, <laughs> that's not happening. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I live in San Francisco. I still won't eat it. <laughs> okay. All right. You black wouldn't. You wouldn't consider yourself we a wouldn't. flexitarian. I mean, probably not. Okay. Right. I mean, I. I don't know. I, I tried the Beyond Burger once. It's better in meatballs than it is in a burger. But interesting. I don't know. If you're gonna have a hamburger, just just have a hamburger. I don't. Okay. I don't want to. I like that. this, Henry. Wait. Should we ask? Should we ask him about what he thinks is wrong with my profile? Do you yes. have any notes yeah. How would you on Holly's profile? profile? So like what? What? What would you do to change about my profile after yeah. after we met? Sure. I mean, the first thing is like your, your first picture. I see why you wanted to get that on the profile. Most exotic place I've been is not the right caption for that. That's just a lake or an ocean or <laughs> that's Greece. Like, you're, baby, that's Greece. I can't tell that. You are just in front of water and trees. I have no I idea am, where this is. I am, I am literally Greek flag behind you. I'm going to go out, of, I'm gonna go out on a limb, Rob, and say neither of these, uh, Holly or Henry, are wearing a mask right now. <laughs> no. <laughs> just going to Yeah, guess. I think that's. We're six feet apart, though. Don't worry. Oh, yeah, that's good. Take, Keep that I, I, I amazing speakerphone. I think the only thing I change, really, is the photo caption tag. I mean, the photos are all great. But again, like, take me back to another picture of her in a bathing suit near water. Like, I don't know what makes this water different than the first water I saw. Maybe the bathing suit it. was what she was trying to get you with. And not right. the lake again, I, that I you're much more interested in. on the profile, but I just don't get the tags for the photos. So either uh, untag them. I know Hinge tried to get cute and introduce that feature. Like, yeah. you know be different than than tinder or bumble or whatever but i just i don't really understand how these i'm I'm thinking more about the caption to the photo than i am about the photo okay. itself all right kirsten do you have any questions for henry 
I don't even know where to start. Uh, I like uh, Kirsten. They're going to get like married. This is working. Yeah, this is going to be. A, this is a re- this is a real like, meet cute. Uh, Sorry, Isaac. I'm a third wheel. Work. I'm a third wheel on, on this podcast. Yeah, Kirsten. We had somebody write in this week and say that they are uh, 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 like a licensed marriage person that they marry people uh, in person, but now I guess they're doing it online because of what's going on. Okay. So, just saying, if anybody ever meets on this podcast and gets married, we have someone to marry them. Okay, um, good to know. So I feel like this is, I love the chemistry. I'm feeling a connection for them. Yes. Uh, and I think that uh, if this works out, this could help all of us get to heaven. So I'm yeah. Yeah. Oh, yes. all in on this. Yeah, that's right. Lock that down. Okay, Isaac, do you have a question for Henry? Yeah. Um, I guess my question for Henry would be, um, if... I am a vegetarian. How would I signal that on my profile without <laughs> using the fact that I eat uh, black bean burgers? I make good black bean burgers. Should he just make a Beyond Burger? I think we lost. I think we lost. They're Isaac. gone. Okay. They're, I think they're All muted. Right. Let's see. Um, they might not be social distancing anymore. Those two. I don't know. <laughs> They the chemistry have, was too great. Yeah, they're, I think they, they look like they're muted uh, right now. Let's see if, they, if we can get, to, uh, get them to come off of mute. Okay. All right. Um, they've muted themselves. Okay, so maybe they, okay, maybe they got into a, a bigger argument. that It's possible. Yes. It, this guy's very focused on the lakes. Okay. He's like, he's he's like really, the picture of you in a bikini is really blocking this lake I want to see. He's like, it's like, what it's lake is this? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so... All right. Oh, hold on. Holly's saying that about... Yes, okay. Yes, yes, yes. We're back. I'm so sorry. Did you hear so Isaac's question? That. No, we did not. We did not. Okay. okay so, Henry seemed, uh, uh, black bean burger averse. So yes. I guess my question would be, B-B-B-B-A. I want to signal to people that I'm a vegetarian. <laughs> How would I be able to do that best without bringing up that, uh, I make good black bean burgers? I would say I would say just focus more on the general cooking rather than the thing you're cooking. Right. You know, like tell me you're a good cook. Show me a picture of food, maybe like mm. I can cook you this. Like this would be our date. It's like a picture of good food right. rather than just rather than just like a like a burger. You know. No, I think that's great advice because you know I do enjoy cooking. It is something I like to do. Uh, so I think that that is good advice. Okay. All right. I think we lost. Uh, them I again. think we're losing them here. All right. So all right. Let's uh, let's let's bring Holly and and Henry back one more time and and then uh, s- send them off to. Uh, okay. So. And I think that microphone is uh, is muted again. But uh, to to Holly, to Holly and Henry. Okay, will will you update us next week on where this goes from here? That's for Holly to answer, not me. Okay, <laughs> Holly. I mean, I think. Does that mean the ball's in my court? Yes. Let's keep I, in I, touch. I, okay. Yeah, we're yeah, gonna give you a I, link, I and you could post. You could post us like voice we're messages. Invested. Whatever we're in want. this right now. Yeah, we want we want you two crazy kids to work at. Kirsten, we're not so confident it's going to find love. She's not no. very interested. She's not interested right now. Okay. Well, to be fair, this was an accident. We just happened to have a mutual friend. Like, it was not... I don't believe, I don't believe in accidents. I don't agree with that. Okay. <laughs> oh, He's a very confident guy, Rob. Good. Well, look, that Holly said, I'm looking for somebody to argue with. And I think that she mm-hmm. has found her match here Absolutely. in Henry. I'll go back and forth. Don't worry about it. They can't agree Henry, on anything. Are you- he doesn't even... He literally doesn't even know what Survivor is, and that's that's fine. That's You'll what you said. You wanted the whole season of Survivor. Mar- eight, would would he watch your season of, t- of YouTube 85%, Survivor? 
That's 85% of my life. So, <laughs> so then you can uh, binge CBS All Access and chill, you know? Um, have you ever heard of something called Survivor Maryland, Henry? <laughs> no? Uh, not really. That's I don't think so. <laughs> he didn't okay. even know the TV show. You think he knows like no, the not even version? Little bit. But no, you know what Maryland is. It was in the Washington Post. Yes. If he was like, no, but I love Survivor Michigan and Survivor Maryland, but I don't want to. <laughs> yes, you're right. If he was like, yeah, I love Survivor Michigan, I would fully punch him straight in the face. Okay. <laughs> a lot of All violence. Right. All right. So uh, uh, Holly and, and Henry, uh, we'll let you guys go, okay? All right, I'll so much. Thanks for having Thank me. Thank you on. so I'm much. Gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna let Henry go. I'm gonna still stick around, but on mute. Okay. So if you need me, I'm here. You got it. Thank you, Holly. Okay. Thank you, Holly Pop.